I felt like that was a great uh, little ghost story, a great little soundbite to open uh, our, our Halloween, great way to our unofficial Halloween uh, Just a Ride episode. I want to spend just 10 minutes in your brain to figure out how the hell that even became existence in your life. <laughs> like, what's your algorithm? My goodness. I That's know. awesome. I don't know how many people, you might be able to survive 10 minutes in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary place. What is this, boys? Episode 18? 18. We're, we're legal now. We're old in America. We're legal. Yeah. 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 So depends we can do a lot country. of things. Yeah. I don't think you can smoke I guess it depends on the thing in the state. Can you not smoke at 18 anymore? I don't think so. I think they made it 21 now. But you can get drafted know. still, right? Maybe it's 19. I don't know. Can you yeah. get drafted I'll in the military? You Shit, they'll take you when you're 13. Government, but you, well, not. Yeah. Yeah. At 18. 18, yeah, you can. I mean, but not in the country. I think you have to be 21 now to carry a gun. Do you? I, f- I don't know. Do they change this so much that <laughs> honestly, I didn't know. I'm like, uh, what happened? Did they just know, look at America and they're like, oh, you guys- are you supposed to have a gun? Are you a felon or not? Okay. Hmm. That's all I really care about. Well, I wonder if they're like, <laughs> did you, you guys, with it? why did they add three years? I mean, in Canada, they're like 19 for everything. You get to do everything at 19. And well, in British like, Columbia. In Alberta, it's different. In Alberta, oh. it was 18. You could drink. Mm. So we would go over there. Nice. Why you know, is it 21? We were 18. Why isn't it when, when it's 26, when your frontal lobe is supposed yeah. to be fully developed? <laughs> because then all, you miss a lot of fun if you're not drinking until you're 26. Because juvie, can't, a lot of juvie, can't, probably. juvie doesn't have <laughs> yeah. that much room, Jeff. That's right. why. <laughs> You'd be that much more responsible and get shit that much more handled at 26 and have more time to go fuck off and get drunk and high true maybe it's possible dude Depends. i wasn't getting much of anything handled when i was 26 i'll be honest you know why yeah i do know why i was high it's i wasn't happened. often drunk drinking was drinking came later <laughs> I, I didn't drink much i still don't drink much well it's time to ride let's do some we start with police stories police uh, stories but this one we asked a question on one of the scat cash shows i think it was inside scooper or inside shit with monique and i uh, but it was. Have you ever tased an old lady? And we want we want closure to that. There. <laughs> that question. You mean at work or voluntarily? Ver- like first in my of all, in, life. in your private life. Yeah. Have you ever tased an old lady? We'll just get that one Fine out of the way. <laughs> seventy plus. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, never. And I don't know if seventy plus is old these days. Who knows? Who knows what old is? But gray or blue hair. So no. Okay. No. But in your in your public in your professional I mean, life. No, I no 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 no. <laughs> out, of no. All the, out of all the calls. But. Uh, so you weren't worried about old ladies when they're walking down the street. You're like, you're not watching her like, hey, it's two in the morning. Why are you out there, old lady? Well, it just all depends. I'm, there's a whole lot that goes into that. There's a lot of variables on that. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm and, glad. And, I, and I did actually, 
I, I didn't arrest him, but I, I did interrupt a transaction with a prostitute uh, for a guy that was 81 years old. It was awesome. He'd wear a car. He's had, I, well, I, <laughs> I didn't arrest him that time for cocaine, but I arrested him another time for cocaine. Oh, man. He's been riding around on his bicycle. His wife died like 10 years earlier, and he's like, you know what? I just decided this how I was going to live. I was going to start doing drugs. I didn't want a relationship, so I started having sex with prostitutes. And what the this hell is TV shows life, I'm going to live like this till I die, and that's that's what he did. You know, somebody said save heroin but, until you're old and sick, and it's like I'm going to do that just in case. Old lady, old lady story. Uh, it was at a uh, retirement center, and this old lady was being disorderly, apparently tearing up the place. I guess. So, <laughs> Way to go, she Grandma. Was, <laughs> she was running amok. I don't know. She was she was ninety seven years didn't old. Go very well, that <laughs> ninety seven year old lady. Um, fire was there, but they wouldn't respond because she was being so violent. Um, until the police came and made it safe for them, because everybody knows that fire. Even though they might get there first, sometimes they're still the second responder. I got to make it safe for them. Oh, throwing down on the fireman. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right. it's just it is what it is. Shots fired. Not their fault. They're following policies. It's right, okay. Right. You know. <laughs> anyway, so I get there, and this this old, she's mad. She's angry. She's got her walker, and she's ninety seven. She's got it. She can try and hit you, and you know, so I. Got her to get her walker down, and she's standing there, and then she grabs a hold of my arm, and she's trying to bite me, <laughs> and I realize she has no teeth. So I literally just let her stand there and chew on my arm like it was a drumstick, like it was a turkey drumstick from Disneyland. She's gumming She nod on that thing. Well, and... <laughs> The medics are there. The fire department's there. They're trying to make calls to see if they can get her, like, I think it was Ativan or something, to get her to calm down. Right. They're not being able to get a hold of anybody to get back to them. It's taken a while. I mean, this was a good hour-long call where she just nod and nod and nod on my arm. Gummed <laughs> well, and, and gummed and, and yeah, gummed. And, they are, they're, and they're just, they're, and all the medics and everything, they're kind of frantic. Like, they don't know what to do. And they wouldn't transport her right. because... She, they didn't want to be gone. She was so out of control. They wouldn't transport her. They wanted me to handcuff her and transport her in my patrol car at 97 years old. Jeez. You fucking high. I, I want to be 97 and that big of a problem. Was she to high? 20, 30 year old. Was going to be my next question. She finally did, did get high. Up her after about an hour. No, she was just. Just had dementia, and, and honestly, she wasn't. I mean, other than the fact that she was chewing on my arm, it was. I don't know what the hell she did before. She's ninety-seven on a walker, dude. You can't really tear up the world too bad. That gives me hope, well, that's though. What I was going to say, man. Like, if you Stay have honoring. the capacity to choose violence and pull it off at ninety-seven, Stay you're on fucking I mean, winning. good on her yeah. for winning. Exactly. That's I mean, good on her for. I mean, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Definitely wasn't unmanageable for anybody in there, right. including just the employee. But. I understand. <laughs> Sometimes they want people get you frazzled. to accept the liability. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You snap those fault. little bones, those tiny <laughs> little bones. We're not going to kill her. You kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So let's, the, let's call Mikey. He'll do anything. Exactly. Mikey, <laughs> Mikey likes to he likes it. So, punch a gum lady. Uh, the end result of that, it took about an hour. They finally were able to give her a message. She went to... You know, got done gnawing on me. I, is meds just, a euphemism a for tranquilizer a while, in this case? Or? Those bones in there? I mean, if you pinch down hard enough on those bones, they will kind of give you a little owie pinch. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, I'd be kind of careful of that. Uh-huh. So, I'd just give her... <laughs> so, but you didn't have to taser. Just, just give her a light swat on the no, snout. I no. literally <laughs> let her chew on my arm for like an hour. Is Would you want like a squirt gun? Like a... Psst, psst, for those kind of people where you're like, just a little old lady? No. 
No, Grandma. So, for a while. Boomer off. For a while. Here's what I, what I like to carry around. Boomer away spray. Have you seen the glitter for cakes? Yeah. Yeah, the so. edible glitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while, I was carrying around some edible glitter, and I would go to a call where somebody was just... A fucking course you were. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. That sounds random and odd, but it is not for Jeff. Absolute. Everyone else listening just went, what the fuck? Please <laughs> we're like, note yeah. that neither Zach nor I were, were just like, mm-hmm, we'll the, take that in stride. That seems like a Jeff thing to do. <laughs> There's a pocket in his utility belt for glitter. Yeah, of course there it was is. actually some of my Batman pocket, did the same would, thing, I'm sure. You know, it's like... Here, they're calling me to solve their problems for them. I give them resolve for their problems. They don't want the answer. So finally, I just pull out the glitter and go, here, I spray glitter for you. That's about all I can do. That's like going an extra like, mile to be a smart yeah. ass. That's special. Like, that's, that's all I got. I got glitter, or I got the advice that I gave you take it or leave it. Like, and, you know, then I would walk away. With glitter left behind. Yes. So that they were like, well, he gave us an option. If you, uh, Did you do it like fabulous? Like, <laughs> I hope so. Just kind of a, a little, well, yeah, kind of with, really. With flair and like attitude. A, rain, it's gotta a, be a rainbow, squirt, squirt, squirt. And then it arched over them. And, and then spirit fingers. <laughs> Sha la la. <laughs> Followed by a big grin. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay, so that's a gummy story. And that's really not our police story yet. Our police story today is going to be kind of about Christmas. And uh, being arrested for Christmas gifts. Oh, you can't talk about yeah. Christmas in our Halloween episode. Got That's to. like something wrong. We're with getting that. ready for holidays. <laughs> all holidays, all the time, for the next three months. So yeah, I had to arrest a guy for sending his uh, separated wife a check to buy the kids a Christmas present. So what happened was. Uh, they were going through a divorce. I don't know anything about these people. I don't know if he's an asshole or what. It, it doesn't right. really matter. Um, but she, uh, they had two kids, wife, two kids. They were going through. They were separated, Floyd. going through a divorce. She had an order against him that he couldn't have contact with them anyway. Christmas time came up. He sent her a check with a note that said, "Please buy the kids something nice for Christmas." That was it. So, what an asshole. <laughs> that but. <laughs> That is a violation of the order because he contacted her via mail, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a mandatory arrest. Mandatory. Mandatory arrest. That's stupid. Domestic violence mandatory arrest. Hmm. So, I talked to the gal. She. So know, it was a no she, contact order that he was violating. He violated correct? no contact okay. order. Okay. And like I said, you know, I don't know the whole story of it, but it's like the premise of what I'm seeing and maybe it was some sort of manipulation tactic at the end I don't know yeah. I really don't but the order was violated but the the part about it was the gal gets the envelope and she shows me the note and she shows me the check I take a picture of everything I grab out a bag and I get the envelope <laughs> and the check and I start to put him in the bag in the letter and she's like what, what are you doing I'm like I'm collecting evidence She's like, well, no, I want the check. Yeah, well, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. This, oh, this is I my want evidence. to have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so she was not not pleased. So she was not pleased that she didn't get the check and that I took it for evidence. And then I had to go to this guy and arrest this guy for unintended. So, I'm, I'm here to ask the questions that everyone wants answered, Jeff. <laughs> yes. Did you need to take the check? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, Could you I have just, been? You know, I'm just, I'm just like, I know you. I mean, I could have. You know what? 
fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> bah, I mean, it's, I will be honest, that's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Without having just on face value what I've got, yeah, okay, I get it. It's mandatory and you're going to execute that, but your kid's... And you aren't going to get the money. And that's really shitty. Because, but, so correct me if I'm wrong, this wouldn't have been an issue unless she reported it as a violation, correct? Correct. Yeah. So correct. this is her causing this. This is the unintended consequences of not knowing the law or not knowing the situation. Oh, this no, is she art of war. This is her not knowing she, how to go to battle. She wanted to go to jail. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. She just and didn't that's... think through the check part. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Check yeah. as evidence yeah. part. Yeah, she yeah. kind of yeah. missed that part. <laughs> but Should have cashed it first and... Could have kept the check, right? Yeah, and that's why I, I just don't like mandatory arrest. I, I just don't. Yeah. That's kind of the, Con- the... Context always should matter, I feel it, like. It, it really should matter. I mean... <laughs> well, it, okay, this isn't a reasonableist party thing, but let's go reasonableist party Everything with is it. a reasonableist party It should thing. be. It should be. <laughs> but there wouldn't be mandatory minimums for anything, I don't think. It's I not think. even... It's not, I'm not talking mandatory or Mandatory minimums. arrests, I mean. But yeah, right, yeah. And, and this falls into flat-out domestic violence, and, and a lot of people get knee-jerk reaction, like... You mean it's okay for, you know, it's always the man hit the woman. Well, first off, that's usually not. It's like it's, half it's and about 50 it? 50. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there are reasons there for the purpose of law enforcement and why I got in to help people. There's definitely a reason to step in and help someone. And definitely. And, and, and there are those times. There are also those times when, you know, a 20 year couple who've, had a successful life, had a shitty night, and somebody got pissed and chucked a glass against the wall because both of them been having drinking a little bit too much wine, and now they're going to jail, and there's going to be a protection order, and their life is fucked. Right. And for, there's nothing and you can't for really the un- government getting involved, and you can't really undo it because the government doesn't work quick, and it doesn't even really work. Right. So as soon as you're in the system, you're in the system, kind of thing, huh? Yeah. I would rather after after doing my career, I would rather go to a domestic violence situation where where there was probable cause to arrest one of the parties we'll say the man because that's where everybody goes with like and she doesn't want him arrested but i have enough information based on what i see what i've learned that i made the decision myself to arrest him anyway for her safety it wasn't mandatory. I just overrode the fact that she didn't want to be a victim, and this is why. I would rather explain that and have that leeway to be able to do that, but not always have it be, yes, you're going to make an arrest mandatorily, because some of them are just ridiculous. You've told me a bunch of stories where yeah. like, I had to, or you know what I mean? That's I can't remember any off the top of my head, but it does seem pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. You'd want to give the circumstances you want to trust the reasonability of the, the officers that you put out on the street right that's exactly the, yeah. exactly so you know but it is the but we also don't want judge dread even though i think that's one of the greater uh <laughs> especially the new judge dread sorry go ahead yeah that's that's the one the, the one thing with mandatory arrest is you mandatorily have to make her arrest sometimes you know it's a coin toss as to who you take and some in and, and the reality is you make the best decision as to who you're going to take. It's usually but you have to know that answers. sometimes you got played right. at some point. And you have to know that as a human being. Like, maybe I took the wrong person to jail. And so when that happens, when really it's a situation where neither one of them probably should go, but they both did some dumb shit that class, that, that is criminal, you know, like slapping and dumb stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then if you make the wrong decision, then it, then you feel really crappy. Right. I mean, but you never know. Right. The thing is, you are protected from making that 
wrong decision because it is mandatory. But I, I don't like that. I would rather be pressed more to make a good decision. Yeah, for sure. That's the, that's just my opinion. I, I, I think that other officers may like the safety of it. But then again, I don't think... What does the government really do when they step in in a domestic violence? What's their intent? Is it to make your relationship better? No. It's no. to arrest somebody. It's to remove somebody. I'm removing this person, yeah. and while this person is removed, you go somewhere else. And then you guys never be together again. <laughs> like because ever. we had to get involved. Yeah. But we'll and we're also going make to... it really hard for you to get divorced officially. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you're, right. And yeah, we're also going to complicate that, the civil side of that. You know, we're going to put orders in, and then if people come back, they're going to get arrested again. And absolutely, there is a time and a place for all of that. So when we, people say social workers can come in and do that job, this is kind of like maybe that anarchy system or whatever. How often, what percentage of the time would you say the police officer with a gun and that uh, intimidating kind of vibe is essential to work in a DV case? And I don't even know if you can quantify well, that, but well, I, work in a DV case, I sound like if you've got a If you're intimidated <laughs> by a uniform, about. that's not my problem, that's yours. I think if anybody comes in to a situation... Um, well, Batman, I mean, unless, Batman unless, wears a cape for a reason, bro. Come on. Unless there's a call to be intimidating to start off with. You know, if you're coming in intimidating, it doesn't matter if you're a social worker or a police officer. You're probably handling that call wrong anyway. Right. So, so I, probably, I probably asked that. I probably slanted that too wrong. Like how, <laughs> and maybe I took the call too literal or your question too literal. It, yeah. I'm thinking more along like, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, part of the defund the police thing is like, if you really, really look into it, some of it's like, well, what kind of specialized things can we remove from police officers? They have 500 jobs. Can we take 10 of them? Is this one of those things where domestic violence can turn escalate immediately, like the moment you get there and you never know? Well, so <laughs> Even most of the calls, the mental health calls and everything, those can escalate immediately, too. Yeah. So there's really no way to, to hand that over to a non... Right. You have to be trained in physical And I get shit. the idea of why, why would you send somebody with a gun to go help somebody who's... Uh, mentally ill most of the time that's it's a valid question but it's like well we have that to keep ourselves safe because nobody we don't want anybody else to be around them or them to harm them mm -hmm. you know so it's really for other people's safety and our safety but yeah we get put, put in positions where then we have to shoot the person we're trying to help which right. sucks I a mean, lot of people don't realize that a person and just their bare hands can kill people right you know or just a stick or a hammer or you know so right. that's domestic violence alone i would i would I guess I shouldn't say without knowing the statistics, but it would be highly likely to believe that more domestic violence-related deaths occur from being strangled than anything else right. by by hands. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Yeah, hands and or using hands with within you know a, a rope or something. And the last words in most of those is kind of crass, but shut the fuck up. That's probably it. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. That's the last words of the day before like, they go to jail. But like, shut the fuck up. Oh shit. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, so thank you. So somebody got arrested for uh, sending their kids gifts. Christmas right. money. Christmas money. Yeah. And that is the nature of how our stupid right. system is. And, 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 and what sucks is, you know, and like I said, maybe there's a lot of things in there. there. There was nothing from that call that implied that it was really done maliciously. He just sent money. That's I mean, absurd. That's, that's why it bothered me I wonder you know? I mean it if he, even if he was portrayed as a oh this is some type of manipulation and he's trying to weasel his way into some other deal you know maybe I would understand but that never came up right so. right I wonder does that go in front of a judge ever or does it just go like I don't, I don't yeah, know. yeah yeah okay would, so judge yeah. would probably be like what the fuck you, well, you don't have you don't know how that ended right no 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 right you wouldn't be there in the court for that unless it was yeah unless I had to go to trial for it but 
I would, if you're the judge, there's got to be some days where you're just like, God damn, her system is stupid. What the fuck is this here <laughs> in front of me for? Mm-hmm. What a waste of money, time, education, fucking that guy's life. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, but they get powdered wigs. So, yeah. <laughs> I would do it for the powdered wigs at any point. <laughs> yeah, I guess the moral of the story is, you know, do anything you can do to not have the government come solve your personal problems. I understand if you're unsafe, that is would be a reasonable person to call. But <laughs> don't don't call them for advice. It's the last resort because yeah, you don't get, call the government for advice on your on your relationship. Yeah, you basically said it. It's like we're here to, to remove you guys from each other's presence forever, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> so like the, that, that's the intent. So think of that before you call the police. It's like, well, do you have a bigger cousin or something? I don't know. Or here's then another, we're back to vigilante <laughs> shit. Here's like, another thing. Bring your bring your <laughs> You're gonna call back. Ivan. <laughs> another thing on the mandatory thing hmm? that I I've always wondered, and apparently this is offensive. But the, there's always a mandatory arrest for the for the primary aggressor. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there mandatory? So our intent is to destroy this relationship, basically, yeah, right? We're yeah. separating them, putting orders in, so you can move on with your life. And if we're really helping people as the government, why isn't there some sort of mandatory counseling system? Which I know mandatory sounds terrible, but like. Look, we're going to help you, but we're going to force you to get some help too. I mean, we're forcing him to do things mm-hmm. because that that fits the government being, mo to come right, in and just tell people what to do to for say, sure. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> help me. Sure, people live in cycles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so let's help them get out of their cycle. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard this for years, and it could be a shovelcock thing. But uh, I believe <laughs> in Arizona, when you get in other states too, when you get divorced, the state requires that you uh, that children go into counseling. And that there's some other counseling too on top of that for the adults. I don't know who, I think who pays that. for it. I don't know. I mean, I guess the surplus of money that that state has, which I'm sure all states are rich as fuck. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I wonder if that's a good idea too. It's the same kind of thing where basically, if that's if that's true, Arizona is recognizing that there's some serious stuff that happens uh, psychologically to a child during divorce, and they're willing to say same kind of thing where it's like right. you need, you're obviously not doing this right or there's some hiccups are coming so here's the best way to prepare for it kind of thing i'm not i'm not necessarily against right. that my elementary school at all uh forced me to do take counseling when my parents got divorced did they yeah did it help it wasn't like was a it state nice? thing it was no it didn't help right i know that's the <laughs> problem was, but i wasn't really i wasn't like your typical you weren't open to it either huh? you know kate like i was like i was nine and oh okay and uh so like i was I had the cognitive capability at that point to wrap my head around it, you know, but they were approaching it as though I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, so they I remember they the first session and I remember her, she was actually a sweet lady. Her name was Miss Bolin. And they get less sweet when they're condescending. I think, I think uh, no, I think we ended up having a great relationship because she realized pretty early on that I didn't need this thing, but I also really liked going, hanging out in her office and playing with all the cool shit that she had and just... <laughs> you know so so we just hung out so we just she was just giving me a an escape from class every you know week once a week and i was like that's fine with me like that's cool we get to just hang out we didn't do a whole lot of talking after the first session because she was she said so you understand that this isn't your fault right and i was like yeah, of course it's not my fault. I said, I didn't have anything to do with it. And she was like, okay, oh, okay. why are you here? <laughs> That's really the whole point of this. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> You're fine. I, was, I was like, it's their fault. They didn't get along and it wasn't because of me. So, so the woman like, whom... <laughs> yeah, so I was the woman sick whom, of hearing them fight. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> the woman whom you 
know her last name, mm-hmm. remember specific conversations, although brief, and remember the countless times of going to her office to escape that had no impact positively for you, as you said initially, the counseling didn't work? Well... I don't know that. Yeah, you do make a valid. You do make a valid point. I don't know. Like, I don't think I would have been distraught without it because we didn't really work through any issues. I just thought she was a sweet lady. She was a friend to me, but I guess maybe that's what she thought I needed. So maybe, Maybe. yeah. Yeah. Oh, she fucking four D chest you. She four D chest (laughs) you till you were (laughs) thirty. That actually, good. I was saying that is why I do encourage counseling isn't a you go once and it fixes or you go no. six months and it fixes it it is something that you should do periodically throughout your life to very yeah. consistently throughout your life depending on who you are it, it's all about the the picture in your body is the cup and and, and the you know it, it filling up with the pressures and stresses of life and if you don't empty the cup yeah. then you know the cup overflows right i look at it like an oil change so, it's like you should probably yeah. every three thousand miles bro Fucking get in there and talk to somebody, so, or write some songs. And you know. guys have known. I mean, that's something I'm recognized. I, I like. I want to start seeking that out. Just good. Just for a like an oil change. Just I, yeah. I need a good, you know, look over and big time and and Will help do. get some direction and focus with somebody that doesn't know me, it has is. no vested interest in my life whatsoever. Yeah, and they have some knowledge in in what but you're asking, the questions you're asking about right. psychology, and so yeah, so. Have you gone to any formal therapy as an adult? Either one of you? No. You can tell me to fuck off. Yeah, I'm just ma- just, no, I uh, mandatory. Well, yeah, yes, I mandatorily after uh, yeah. shootings. Never voluntarily. Uh, no, other than I had a I had a reach out a couple years ago to somebody who is a therapist, but it was not a it was a professional personal contact if that makes sense did you have that same stigma in your mind about like we all kind of did i think after a certain age you know many years ago about mental health where it's like ah that's for you know people that that's not me (laughs) i don't need that crazy exactly well i i was i worked in a culture it's like the 90s it was just all about that shit because i worked in a culture where that's that's where you start Mm-hmm. That happens to other people. That's not me. That happens to the weak guys. That doesn't happen to me. Right. And then the culture started to change. And I don't, it, it was really my generation, I think, that really started to recognize that no, people wasn't are, true. yeah, people are having some issues. And then it really makes a lot of sense. And, and we should allow them. So then it was an acknowledgement of issues. But we still haven't really gotten past when somebody tries to get help, they're accepted back. And and I think we've discussed in other shows. Yeah, uh, both uh, the agencies have responsibility for that. But also, so does the the community. Society, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty so. rude about that shit. But we're also afraid too, because it's like, well, you know, a lot of people are afraid of guns. Period. So, a person that that's one percent off of you know the sanity, I think they're all. But that's like human nature is to be. We're all like fifty percent off from. Well, like I guess normal. when we all finally are honest and realize we are all fucked up little poobahs mm-hmm. just trying to figure it out, and none of us really have it, but some of us might have some valid points. And that's the best it gets. Yeah, that's the I best agree. it gets. I think so. And that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can do okay. better. I'm We're doing great, but we can do better. Yeah, I get excited. You know, if I'm dumber, then I get to learn more than you throughout my life. Great. Yeah. Same. You already know it. I get the excitement of figuring it out. Fuck yeah. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a better mentality than you could be at. You know, this this talking about uh, that lady that affected you and your question to him about it kind of leads right into the next thing, which is we promised this last week or two weeks oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. I think it was last week. 
Important women in our lives. I want Shaden go Dude, first. Dude, that was a smooth segue. That was about I'm the smoothest I've ever had. An <laughs> it's it's not easy segueing one. these kind of topics, and I feel good about that one. <laughs> I was sitting there waiting on it. I was sitting on it. I'm like, okay, I could I could interrupt like a cunt, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Credit where credit's due, man. You're we're going to listen We're gonna listen back to this and be like, it wasn't really that smooth yeah, at all. Was I was actually <laughs> janky as fuck. We're going to delete out that high five. <laughs> Redo. High five revoked. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to leave in my toit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just sample that. That'll be the first yeah, ringtone. Totally supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my text alert yeah. since my current one toit. annoys everybody so much. <laughs> it's a Star Trek alert. We're all scared that yeah, the ship. Everybody thinks it's an Amber alert. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what is that? Turn that off. No one cares. No weird. Alarms around me. <laughs> yeah, it really changes. No Jeff, drop what I'm doing. What, what's going on? What the fuck, something's gonna happen. I need to get ready to fight. I thought it was gonna damage our friendship earlier on the patio. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about some women, yes. boys, and not in the way we usually talk about women. Just oh. kidding. We're gentlemen. I'd like to think so. These guys are gentlemen. <laughs> You're a gentleman. I'm too. occasionally a gentleman. Yeah. I dabble. I think that's part of our circle. Is most of the dudes in, in my life are very respectful to. The lady folk yeah mostly for sure. mostly for sure. i i jest but yes i'm yeah. i do hold myself accountable in that area but i i uh i guess i'm gonna have to go with my stepmom um which is kind of cool because i feel like a lot of people have negative stepmom experiences yeah, big time. especially when they come into your life when you're like already mostly grown you know, like when you're a teenager, mm. you're just like, fuck you. You're not my mom. <laughs> you can't fill those shoes. Yeah. It's, it's how a it, tough spot. How, to be how it usually parent, seems to go. But my stepmom married my dad when I was 15 and moved to another country from the, like she lived in a couple of towns all close together in Oregon for her entire life until this point, you know, and then uprooted and moved to Canada and left mm. all of her shit, quit her job and went up there to marry my old man. Which, BC which is should like tell Oregon you what a stud North. my old man is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, she earned some of my utmost respect because uh, I mean I don't want to run a smear campaign uh, in an official capacity, but my mom was not a great mom to me right. when I was younger for a lot of reasons and uh i was not the most low maintenance child ever at any point in my life you right. know like i didn't i i wasn't a typical like i'm gonna smoke cigarettes and you know swear and fuck you and you know go get drunk and stuff but i was hard to deal with because i was a head case <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's out fighting swords with the rabbits in the yard and there's bungee cords and we don't know he locks himself in the bathroom we don't know what he's doing in there no for two knows. hours <laughs> we think it's meditation that's called denial that's that's yeah a, the best drug <laughs> so but she came in uh to my life arguably at the height of uh my struggling to reconcile my my head with the rest of the world i mean i was 15 that's you a know, tough, so it was yeah. like it's a tough time for anybody um and uh she had all my stepsisters are girls and they were all raised by the time she married my dad so she'd only ever raised girls so mm -hmm. not only did she not know how to deal with raising a boy child <laughs> but, boy child but like she uh she coined that term actually boy child. bring me <laughs> in, the boy in child. my life yeah <laughs> but she also was i mean nothing could have prepared her for dealing with me at, at age 15 so right. i mean that that alone garners uh, her some respect for me as an adult looking back but i mean she was and continues to be a champ at like not 
she never tried to insert herself forcibly into the role of being my mom, mm-hmm. but the way that she conducted herself kind of just naturally turned her into like the best mom figure that I could have asked for oh, in, in my life, too. you know, mm-hmm. which, which is awesome. And she continues to be that. And she's, she still is just like, she is not intrusive, but she always just kind of fucking drops in whenever she's needed, you know? And awesome. it's like fucking, I don't know. I got, I got nothing but love and respect for, for her. And for all intents and purposes, she is my mom and she's fucking, great partner for my dad and extremely humble and extremely patient and has a very bizarre sense of humor which is endearing so yeah (laughs) yeah i much love to my stepmom donna Kay. she's a she's great people hell yeah yeah that's a nice tribute all right now it's between you and i do you want me to go go ahead okay let her rip i don't i don't know i have so many lovely women in my life uh that have been there I mean my wife is the most amazing woman I've ever met and her mom is amazing and uh, you know her, they're both two of my very best friends of all time I do have to say my mom as far as a woman that because you know for as much shit that I give my mom it was on the dog case, food was it? it was the dog food <laughs> like my mom did teach me something that I think has been valuable in my life it's like uh, she's a deep deeply compassionate and you know she's a very loving person and forgiving and positive minded even though like at the end of her life she kind of she was so positive that it seemed fake to a lot of people yeah and a lot of people didn't like my mom because it seemed really fake and it was fake i think and at the end of her life it it felt like it was a kind of a big house of cards that fell where she's like i don't i can't be fake anymore this sucks you suck everyone sucks you know (laughs) it's like okay that's a life of denying kind of stuff and whatever but her attempt at being kind and the fact that she was kind to so many, like she was a business owner that had thousands of customers and stuff, and, and a lot of them love her. They, she was a crazy lady that, you know, sold them dog food and shit. But it was, uh, you know, she was important to, to giving me the base of that you have a big enough heart to love lots of people. That's the thing that I learned from her, mm-hmm. where she would say that all the time, too, where it's like, you know, you don't have to be that way to that person. You can love them, too, you know, and that helped me so much in my life as I you know, get frustrated as an adult with people and things, it's like, I have room to love them too. I have, I have room to forgive uh, a lot of people, a lot more than I think I do. And that that's doesn't why you continue me. to put up with me. So. <laughs> You're forgiven forever for all your transgressions, both yes. you cunts. But that's uh, like a fucking free license to fuck with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom also fucking, and you're more than welcome to, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Push my buttons. But my mom also instilled things like, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm the best businessman in the world. I'm interested in it and I, I'm a cheerleader for business people and I do have businesses and I want them to succeed. But my mom being a, uh, you know, she was a single business owner, woman business owner for a long time. But with my mom and my dad, they were such a great team and they showed me all of the stuff behind the scenes. And my mom was such a great teacher. Like she took the time to explain things to me uh, whenever I asked questions, whether she knew the answer or not. And you know, all of those things made, when I had to think about this, it's like by far my wife is the most important woman and the most influential woman. She's the one that domesticated me and grew me up big time. <laughs> you know, I was a weirdo until I met her. Uh, my mother-in-law is an absolute gem of a human being that is inspiring in every way. But my mom is the one that by far obviously had the most impact and it wasn't bad. Like Mm -hmm. there were things that she taught me about by being uh, foolish and and somewhat dishonest. Like she taught me 
she was the most honest person. She, her and my dad didn't have the best relationship, so there was a lot of lies there, and there was some other stuff and whatnot. But I learned real quick. It was like, well, this is how you break a relationship is you lie. And so even though you know, I'm saying people I respect, I do respect that my mom uh, you know, tried to survive and tried to do what she had to do. I'm sure there yeah. were many reasons. But she did also show me many good things, but also like <laughs> not to be. And she was good about it, too, because I would call her out on that shit. And she'd be, you know, she wasn't vitriolic at me or, or angry. She was a very patient person. And so well, that makes sense. I mean, I don't I've I've personally never really expected perfection or infallibility out of uh, people that I have respect for, you know, right. like I feel like, and honestly, people having flaws and seeming a little more human to me kind of endears them to me Same. more, you know, yeah. especially if they're working on them or if they're aware of them and they're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a fucker sometimes, yeah. but I'm trying not to be. My mom was, she, <laughs> I love that. she had so many yeah. self-help books. It was like the, the library of my house and the books that I inherited, I inherited some classics and some great stuff, but I inherited like every self-help book that exists from 1992 one even earlier than that we had dianetics fucking scientology shit and stuff but i will say i love my mom and sorry to my mama uh and i do have to say she was the first and the most important impact for the longest amount of time so yeah. i met my wife i got to i got to know your mom for the last couple years of her life what do you think and you got uh, a, a weird she was really sweet to me i always i mean i was i was impressed with your mom automatically because she during that period she was coming to like almost all of your gigs it yeah. seemed like my which, whole life I, which i was like bro my whole like, life my mom again every I'm not, game I'm not, I'm not trying to run the shame train on my mom you know in a public forum but i think i can count on one hand the number of my gigs that she ever came to you know yeah. it's like so like watching your mom show up I was just like fuck it and Did she was like she was not like just yeah, oh man. like it's a chore like she was like <laughs> fuck yeah yes. like, every time no I matter was, how small she could be one of ten people that happened to show up at a little bar gig that we played and she was right there and, yeah. and, and I was just told a couple of weeks ago that that was Zach's mom in Zach's life every day of his life Mm. She was there cheering him on. Absolutely, and yeah. she uh, was. Yeah, was and, and you know, you, I only knew her for a couple of years too, and she was super sweet, overly sweet, cautiously sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just. She was very sweet, though. She I'm was. just inherently suspicious of very nice people. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, for whatever reasons, and uh, but. Whether she it was genuine within her heart or not, she at least appeared genuine to how she treated me. Yeah. You know, she treated me consistently the whole time I, uh, I knew her. Yeah, so. she loved you guys. And both she was, of you guys. Well, there's, awesome. there's a ton of value to having a mom who's consistently fuck yeah, yeehaw for your entire life, no matter what you're doing. Oh, I you wouldn't know? trade like, it for anything. Yeah, I really that's, wouldn't. And you know what? awesome. That kind of ties in to, I don't know, if you're not ready to segue, you want to keep talking about your mom, I want to hear it. That does kind of segue into why I picked the person that I did. Please, because your mom cheered you on your life. Yeah, that was so, huge. That was a major thing. I should qualify that. You know, I always say I have mommy issues, and I one hundred percent do. Right. But I, I love my mother. Mm -hmm. You know, her and I, just because of life, aren't particularly close. It doesn't mean we don't care about each other. She had a lot of kids. Just, It'd be tough to be that close. Yeah, to she just got. You know, she and she rode. She has had a ride of life, and it's been good and it's been bad. And you know, I just hope that she really enjoys it and it continues and you know just you know we don't we don't have bad hearts or anything we're just, we're just not overly close but overall i'm not overly close with most people in my family right yeah, yeah. just and, and and most of it's my own damn fault quite frankly 
We're going to have another smooth transition, by the way, from this one. Just saying. Go ahead. This is in the future. Oh, yeah. just, just ruined it. I'm calling so, uh, it. I'm, pull, I'm calling my shot. Anyway, no, the gal that, for whatever reason, made the most impact in my life was uh, a gal named uh, Mickey Tavares. And she's still alive today. Still, I still uh, see some of her stuff on Facebook and, you know, just kind of likes here and there. But she uh, some I grew up with a friend named Brian Tavares. This was his mom. Because of some, you know, issues and ways that I grew up, there were times where I ended up uh, living with them for weeks to a month at a time, uh, off and on for a few years. And so she kind of became this mother figure to me. I mean, she she would take care of me. Right. And uh, she was the cool mom. Like, you know, we were kind of getting, yeah, I mean, well, we were young. Back then, okay, I was 13, which seems super young now. <sighs> Well, I don't know. I mean, kids are doing fentanyl at nine, but I mean, like, okay. it wasn't abnormal Not to buy all your kids. kids beer at 13 years old back right. then. It was just kind of normal, you know, and, and let them chew and shit like that. So that was all normal, but it was great. We didn't catch any flack for it. But you know what? She was always honest with us. She always looked over for us, and, and she let us be who we were and, and, and talk to her. And she was always encouraging. Just fucking do it. If you're going to do it, then do it. You know, nice. just always pushing to have drive. Right and at the so, right age, too. Yeah, so throughout my life, just there's always memories of her talking to me. I mean, she was the one that would turn me on to, like, uh, positive thinking and, and listening to uh, Tony Robbins. Like, she introduced me to Tony Robbins mm -hmm. back when you listened to cassettes, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, by then I was, what, early 20s. Um, but so she remained in my life and even when I didn't have to live with her anymore or right. anything like that, uh, I would just check in with her and she just always had good things to say and always a positive outlook and, and supportive of, <clears throat> of whatever, just whatever I had going on, mm -hmm. you know, just like you'll make it through. And th for the most part, when I think when you have that and you're hearing that from somebody you respect, you believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. it's so much more important when it comes from, yeah, big time. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So those are the women that we respect. Yeah. I have several. Uh, like yeah, you, I was going to say, Zach, many, Zach many. rattled yeah. off a couple, but I have I have quite a few. I've been pretty lucky in that department myself. Yeah, same. And our friends, we have a great friend circle of, mm -hmm. of strong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, most of I, I almost picked your wife, Zach, but I was, I was like. <laughs> I have a large. I'm, I'm I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you. Shade and I have talked about this. I mean, I have a large group of female friends. Right. Um, You're not that, Mike Pence in it, that's for sure. And they're all, but you know, but it's all respectful, you know, mm -hmm. people, and they and they all do, you know, play a role in my life. That's that's valuable, just as my guy friends do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, we could probably go on all day about amazing women, but yeah, the most it's you know the most impactful. How what was it? I'm trying to come to a certain conversation, I think, but it's like, how important is it to a male, a young male, to have a female in your life that gives you the attention that, uh, you know, the patient kind attention? I got that. I got that in spades, like my friend told you. Mm -hmm. uh, like, my mom was my cheerleader for a long time, and that's why I feel like, I don't know, I, I look around the world and I have less suffering, I think, just mentally than a, a lot of people do. And I don't know if that's because my dad's a fucking nutcase when it comes to suffering. He suffered throughout most of his life, it seemed. So genes-wise, I don't know. But my mom set me up, I think. And I'm not sure. 
is that what what women do for men in some ways or is that too broad and too generalized i had the exact opposite (laughs) experience than you did with the Mm -hmm. with the stepmom growing up um did you, I wonder if you had which more definitely, anxiety Which in life definitely uh, also uh, caused, uh, you know, she's the one that really, I guess, caused the mommy issues, not really my own mom. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I went out and sought out Mickey for positive impact from a woman. Right. I mean, I, I just went, you know, I found it from somebody else's mom. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole other half of the equation, and I think it's, like it's it. super fucking important. I mean, it... it there's people like to put a lot of emphasis on man it's really important for young boys to have a, a father strong figure, male you know, figure yeah, yeah you know and it's like and it is yeah i'm you know, 100 I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that but <laughs> it's not the only thing you know I, balance in all things right i think that you it's extremely important to have a figure on the other side of that scale to balance you out as a person and and i think the the mother figure in your life plays a way bigger hand uh in shaping the destiny of your romantic encounters. That's what I think too. As an adult, you know what I mean? As a father of a daughter, it's like I understood real early. It's like my daughter is looking to me to see what it's like, what a good man is to Mm -hmm. see what, you know, so so when she goes out in the world, she's trying to find somebody that's respectful. She wants to see, you know, how a man treats women and stuff. And I, I, I heard that somewhere when I was just getting into being a parent and it was like, that's fucking important. And that's that relationship the same way for uh, the the son and the mother. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. And I yeah, did. I'm I'm making it sound like this is some revelation. There's some people that have like studied (laughs) like psychology. One of the ones to ever think of this. Literally in (laughs) the summary here on just a ride. (laughs) I mean, I don't know (laughs) how many different versions of my stepmother I, had to date before I realized what the hell was going on. Right. I, mean, I could probably come up with the number, but I'm not going to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so our moms, if they're nice to us and, or if they're mean to us, I wonder how much that really truly affects the kind of people that we're looking for to partner with. From yeah, hugely. It I has think. to, right? I think, yeah. If it sets your, your I, it, expectations I mean, positively wrong. or negatively. I'm, I kind of went the other direction, where as, as soon as I saw a trait in a woman that reminded me of my mother, I was like, nope, we're done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good. I already I already experienced that once. I'm all set. <laughs> I, I feel that way, too, actually. You know? I really do. I found my wife is kind of, she's pretty opposite of my my mom. Mm-hmm. That's good. I've never met that's a single good. woman like. I think I think that's a good thing if you can if you can see the things you don't want and learn from that just as much as you see the things you do. Yeah, yeah. that's a good skill to develop. I don't mean to disrespect my mom like that. She was not a bad person and she was not a uh, you know evil or. You know, I don't think anybody faults you for not wanting to marry your mom. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> You're not required to have Oedipus complex. I, I meant from previous things I've said and all the Scatcast episodes where I'm shitting on my Somebody mom's life. Somebody that talks the way you do, they might think you would have had it. So now you clarified <laughs> yeah. some things. She locked me in a safe for many of the years yeah. of my life. I had to talk to somebody for fuck's sake. Gunner Halifax has been around a long time. <laughs> all right. So that was fun. And, and I think that we can go right to uh, picking our family because that's really, you picked a, a you know, non-family member, non-family member. Well, actually, it is a family member. Step-parent yeah, is yeah, absolutely but she a family came, member. She arrived on the scene late, and I definitely chose her. I mean, my dad chose her, but I could have rejected her. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could have. So. It's tough being a, a, a step-child. Step-parent yeah, also, but, yeah. yeah but being a step-child, it's like, fuck. Because like you said, the kids are, the whole point of the therapy is like, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to tell them it's not their fault. Uh, anyway, uh, moving along to uh, yeah, picking your family. Like this is one thing that I, 
only child. You know, I looked at my friends, like brothers and sisters, pretty quick and stuff like that. But I don't know. I realized real early on that most of my family sucked and I didn't want to be around them. (laughs) Uh, But Jeff, you're the one that brought this one up where it's like the point of this pick your family thing is like it's okay to cut ties of a parent or a sibling or a family member if you think it's right. If you're following something and they become right, right. I was and it's more. I was just thinking about the journey through life and, and when you when you reach a point where you know for me it was started to working out and it and it grew into other things of you know uh not drinking and not chewing and just ultimately trying to live a whole different style of life yeah but the thing that you don't think about as you start to improve you start wondering why all of a sudden you start having conflicts with normal people in your life that have been in your life for a long time and and what's happening is you're changing you're changing for the positive and and if people aren't changing with you on a long enough timeline you end up losing interests common interests or and and just go different ways and that happens throughout throughout life growing up anyway Mm -hmm. right but you're actually causing this to happen and, and and there's times when i can feel bad because there's sometimes when that when that occurs that that gap grows so big between i mean say between a spouse where you know somebody's still sitting back to where they were two years ago and the other party has made all these changes well your lives are not the same anymore right and you have to you know and if the other person isn't going to come along with you or the ultimate idea is to constantly improve yourself and have the other person by your side. You do that for each other, right? That's, right. that's the kind of the, what I believe is the idea of relationships in life with compromise, with compromise, absolutely yeah. with yeah, yeah. compromise, but rarely does this happen. Right. And you know, usually it's one person or the other takes off in a direction and the other person just doesn't do anything or resists and fights. And then, so there becomes such a gap that the person who's, elevating themselves leaves and and that's always kind of viewed at in our society as 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 bad you know and without religion or anything getting into that Mm -hmm. but if you look at the other side if you have two comparable people in a relationship and one of them gets addicted to heroin and they're now there's a huge gap again between them Mm -hmm. and the elevated person leaves that relationship but it's like oh well that's that's reasonable right nobody has a problem with the person where it's like oh there's nothing we can do for them and that's kind of the, the the perspective I was I was coming from, but yeah, you, it's so people aren't always going to be in your life, and, and and understand that if you improve yourself, you might run into a situation where you you're going to have to make those choices in life, and just like we do, and and it's not bad, but right. it's not always easy. Just because you improve doesn't mean everything gets easier. Sometimes it brings even bigger challenges into your life, but if you consistently improve those challenges I and mean, you'll you'll figure out how to get through them yeah well it makes me wonder what do you owe your family you know what i mean like what what do we owe our family anything at all for just like i mean i know you're talking about you know potentially a spouse or something like that that's a little bit different but when i'm talking about picking your family and stuff like a lot of people sacrifice their mental health and their happiness and all sorts of shit to be with a family member or you know because they feel like they must you know, it's like, oh, I got to obligate. Well, if you have to, if you feel like you have to be with anybody in your life out of obligation, you should probably readjust your life. I don't think you should sacrifice yourself like no. that. No, because it doesn't make you healthy. It doesn't make you being a resentful person and, and uh, 
you know, it, it leads to resentment. It leads to all sorts of negative shit. If you if you ask this jackass, that doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah, I uh, I've it's a large part of my creed and has been for most of my life. Uh, the whole you choose who your family is. Like nobody nobody automatically has a right to call themselves my family. Uh, I, I don't I don't buy the philosophy that blood is thicker than water um, because it's not true if you it's, no, it's, it's, it's not been it's true just, one time. it's really easy to prove to be untrue you know so I I have chosen my own family and I've done it over uh, a long period of years I mean my whole my whole life even before I was an adult I mean I started doing that shit when I was still young um, because I was sort of removed from a lot of my extended family when I was young anyway. Like we were, you know, my dad was a little bit of a black sheep in his family. Mm-hmm. And so by extension, thus Ta-da. I was as well. <laughs> you know? But, uh, and that's not to say that they're bad people. I've, I've, I've gotten to know them and I like them, but they're not the family to me that the family that I've built is, right. if you know what I'm saying, which yeah. I know you do, because you guys are the family that I've chosen. But, right. um, I think that if somebody is going to be in your life to the point where you're allowing them to shape your development in one way or another, which will always happen when you allow someone to be close enough to you to be considered family, they're always going to, their energy is going to be shaping your, your direction of travel. It's, it's unavoidable in my opinion. So that alone should be, uh, a primary reason to be careful about who you allow to be family and you know just because your uncle is your uncle doesn't mean that that toxic piece of shit should be allowed to be around you all right. the time or shaping your direction of travel if he is that you know what i mean if you right. have a great family then more Pair power to lucky, you you know yeah. yeah but but i mean if you don't i don't think it's healthy to feel obligated to stick with that person and i would extend that to to you know boyfriends girlfriends spouses even if 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 I mean, obviously try to work on it. If you've developed a partnership with somebody and you find your directions of travel are not converging the way that they once did, Mm -hmm. try to reconcile it if it means something to you, which it should, you know, but I don't think there's any shame in this is to your point, Jeff. I don't think there's any shame. And moreover, I, I applaud people that have the courage to look at a situation and go, look, you don't fit in the direction that I'm going and this, this is a direction I feel convicted that I need to go in for whatever reason it is. And if, if you're not going to join me on the journey, then I can't join you on, on yours, not doing it, whatever direction you're going. So I guess this is where we need to change our dynamic, whatever that fucking looks like, you know? So I think, I think that's wise and prudent and it's also fucking difficult to do. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of terrifying thing to do when you actually have to get when you're in a position where you have to kind of cut somebody out of your life or limit their exposure to you because of what you're choosing. In to lots do. of ways, whether it's, it's confrontation and, and that whole little battle of having to tell them and mm-hmm. then cutting out your, because it, there's always unintended consequences, right? And it might be something that you end up lamenting for years or perhaps the rest of your life, but it doesn't mean that it, you're going to look back and go, oh, that was the wrong decision. You're just going to go, man, I wish that didn't have to go that way. Right. Right. But I'm still proud of me for sticking to my convictions and doing what I thought I needed to do. Yeah. You know, so have to take some solace. There's no win, but you at least did what you had to do. I, I, I've never known anybody that has invested valid time into themselves and walked away disappointed for doing it. Right. Never once. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. That's important. It's our responsibility to do. I had a first girl I ever dated um, when I was 
uh, my early teens, I had just passed my, my main growth spurt. So I went from being really skinny to a chubby little fucker for a number of years. And then like 11th grade, I started, I got, I got into my, I'm going to just, I'm running every day before school. And like, I was just like getting in, in the zone, you know, and right. I was getting, I'm like, I'm going to be hot by the time I graduate. <laughs> and I was, thank you very much. But, <laughs> but when I was, when I was doing that, it was towards the end of my relationship with her. And this may have contributed to the end of it, but I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, I was really starting to lose weight and I was getting addicted to the process. Mm. And, uh, she asked me to stop running because I was making her look bad. Oh, <laughs> and, man. She, and it was non-ironically. And I was like, no. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. You I can actually, come with me. <laughs> I heard the same thing. Dude. I heard the exact same thing. So here's the deal. This is If you're in a relationship and you're wanting to improve and your partner is being resistive to that, you're in the wrong relationship. Just understand it right at that moment. And you're not going to fix it. So continue to do what you're going to do. And cut the relationship before it goes down then has to get super super negative yeah because hopefully figure that out before it gets to the marriage point yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If at all now possible. i'm not saying you know like you know you want to do uh what the hell is that fucking the porn channel things only fans yeah you want to do an no. only, i mean like you want to your passions doing only fans and you know your boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't want you to okay well that's i mean if you're going to do that yeah that's probably going to ruin the relationship you know so <laughs> that's a different you know, or it value might enhance moral, it but, <laughs> just depends yeah yeah it depends on who you're with right yeah like that's okay i like to see I the mean, stats on that i don't think it's probably as good as you think it is <laughs> yeah i mean but you know i mean that's really okay yeah yeah well, fuck. All right. I thought that was going further than that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just fell off the fucking flat earth over there. All right. Found so, the ice balls. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a question for you on this. Like, So we all have the same philosophy about the pick your family. Do you remember where you were in life where you were like, you kind of said, but uh, where, you, where that mentality came? Where you're like, I, I, it, blood isn't as thick as they say. Yeah, I don't really remember a time where I didn't feel that way. Really? I think I kind of just, I mean, my dad has sort of always operated that way. So maybe he instilled it in me a little bit okay. uh, unintentionally. Like he wasn't like, now son, you choose who your family is. You know, like, I never <laughs> right. had that conversation with him. But, but by example. But, but now that we're adults and we've talked about it, I've discovered that he's always kind of felt that way, you know. And I was like, eh, so maybe a little bit his example, but also just by virtue of my circumstances, I was just sort of like, well, I mean, just because these people are related to me, like, I don't know, what have they done for me? You know, like, they're not even, like, most of most of my family that wasn't my my mom or dad or later my stepmom, they didn't even tell me like happy birthday or anything. Like it would just come and go and like, or they would never just randomly be like, Hey dude, how you doing? Just right. checking in on you. And I was like, well shit, if you can't even do like the minimum, are you my family? Or are you just somebody that's related to my parents? <laughs> right. You know? So. so it's kind of foreign to see like, uh, one side of my family, for some reason they have this huge family reunion Yeah, where I don't even get it. And they all know each other and they have all this time and stuff. And, you know, they, my mom was always like, we got to go to this camp, sweat, you know, wherever it is and got to do these things. You got to see uncle somebody bug. And you're like, I don't, 
where do they live? I don't even know where they live. Yeah. And, you know, and it did seem strange. Like I see the appeal. It's cool to have a tribe. Yeah, I like. I mean, I, I like the the Johnny Bug who I'm talking about. He's yeah. actually a wonderful human being. Yeah, so it's you know, like, like I, I've I've but I've always been like you're saying. I've been the outsider looking in or like involved in it because I was invited by by proxy, you know, yeah. or by virtue of who I know. Uh-huh. Like I got these two friends that are cousins that I'm really good friends with today, and. Uh, there i've been to several of their family functions you know like i went to his son's high school graduation and shit and like this just like watching their huge family and the whole dynamic and like it's just a regular thing like their family's just always been big and involved and i'm like this is so strange like yeah. this is foreign to me yeah <laughs> it's the same i i we have some friends in California, a big Italian family, where it was like, this is amazing. How do you guys do this? And then, you know, behind the scenes, they're like, we all fucking hate each other. But, you know, <laughs> we, we put on a thing for grandma. It's like, okay, grandma's the thing that holds it all together. <laughs> Fair enough. My grandma didn't hold things together. I she love when people say pushing apart. big Italian family, because I think when you put the word big and the word Italian together, it sounds like an Italian noodle. Like, we're having big Italian and sauce for, for Marinara. supper. As long as the breadsticks keep on coming. Well, so you, yeah, you guys were basically only children, right? I mean, you were, what, are you an only child? Mm. Well, I mean, you've adopted your own brother, but. Yeah, I have an adopted brother. I have a half brother on my mom's side that was in part-time foster care. So I kind of grew up with him. Um, and but yeah, all my stepsisters were raised by the time, so I was like mostly an only child. I was my dad's I, only child. <laughs> and I have two stepbrothers too. You probably know that. Yeah. Or maybe you do. Did you grow up with them? Or? No, not no. at all. I, I've met them one time. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you but guys family. Know, they are it. goddamn family thicker, <laughs> even though they're not blood. But they're. I mean, I have lots of family from you know my parents getting married lots of times, and you know Nine lots sisters. of kids and kids and yeah, just all these gaggles. But honestly, I, I talk to my one sister and my dad and that's about it um but i think that just circumstances of life i think i always sought out other family (laughs) i kind of wanted to be part of other families other than my own i think a lot of time when i think back on it now um well you're a good friend you you come in like a good friend so you automatically become part of a family when you when you're friends with somebody it seems like yeah you're you're, you're good at nurturing friendships and at least with me. You That's know what? what you know what's funny. What, what helped? What helped with that when I was a kid was, you know, I, you know, we were taught yes sir and yes ma'am, and you know, you do your own dishes and you pick up your place and you eat your food and you take off your shoes before you go in the house. I mean, I was raised to be an adult right. at, at a very small, which maybe what you know, there's there's some positives and negatives. Were in that, we thinking that but it was a little highly, bit? Highly, <laughs> it was highly impressive to other people's parents as a child. Mm. So they automatically loved me and wanted their kids to hang out with me. So I would rub off, <laughs> on, <laughs> maybe teach them some manners. Ah. Oh, how? Yeah. <laughs> well, their kids are probably a little corrupted now. <laughs> yeah, they ever, were wrong. You guys ever see Leave It to Beaver and Eddie Haskell? Yeah, there was exactly. a little was, Eddie Haskell and Jeff there. Yeah, there was a lot of Ed. Well, <laughs> that, no, that that was going to so come out wrong. I was going to say there was a lot of Eddie Haskell in me. With that. <laughs> I still had to say it. Understand. I just wanted everybody to know. I caught it before I said it. It works for me. Don't take that out of context. And by don't, I mean, please do. Please Absolutely do. Absolutely do. post it. Meme it. Okay. Meme I can it. just see it. Be Eddie Hask- cooking bacon. Eddie Haskell behind me. Yes. Awesome. See, you brought, it. It, you brought it into the world. Yes, you spoke it into being. You, you deserve it. I was kind of, I was kind of that, that friend as a kid, too. Like, I was always like, my, my dad was like take care of your shit you know and do your own awesome. thinking be respectful and like all that shit you know so i kind of had that but i remember like having bringing over 
friends for like dinner or whatever that weren't that way you know i just i have a, I have a very crystal clear memory because like we didn't have a lot of money you know so and we didn't have a lot of food right so when i would invite somebody over for dinner it was usually like please let them stay for dinner i'll split my portion with them you know, kind of shit you know and it's right. like he's like okay fine but after all of that i remember i brought this friend over and it was first time like he had like really hung out at my house and we <laughs> served dinner and he sat down at the table and he's like oh i don't eat this Ooh. And, that went and well. my dad was like, don't bring him here ever again. <laughs> yeah. Like literally while he said, after he said that, he's like, get the fuck out and don't come back. Your friend has no backbone. Get him out of my like, house. Yeah. The, uh, the tension in the room was just like atmospheric. I, was I just don't like, eat this. Uh, just feel <laughs> the blood leave your head. Yeah. What was it? Shit on a shingle? What, do you remember fish. the fish? No. fish I'd know, say the same thing. I don't I eat this. Yeah, you both fuck out. Right. No. <laughs> I would choke it down. Exactly. I would suffer in silence. Yeah. Uh, the ghost of my grandfather would come punch me in the face if I didn't choke it down. All right, we're gonna we're gonna switch switch it up. See, this is the most sloppy one. Are you speaking in tongues? I don't. I, this is why I edit cool. my show. My show is cool. edited. That's a good talent that you have. Reasonableish party. <laughs> we're gonna Come move here. along to money. <laughs> We've decided. I'm surprised we haven't talked about money yet. I am too. That's kind given, of strange. Given that it's a, sort of your jam, right? It's it like is one my, of your jams. It is my jam. It's a jam that you occasionally rock out to. I'm interested in economics, but I'm really mo- I don't really care about money. I care about like the human action of it all, like why people transact and they trade and their attitudes towards it. Like that's the interesting thing. Like I could do without money. Then we could actually let's let's talk about it. Could so you? Yeah, I think so. Well, <laughs> no. As philosophically, when looking at the at the world, the Star Trek uh, society isn't stupid because it's based on some scientific so things. You, well, want, you want to talk about bartering. You know that's exactly what I would nope. like to do. I don't, I don't want to talk about... <laughs> well, we, I do want to talk about bartering with you, but I do yeah. not want to trade a goat for a sandwich. I don't know how you break up a goat that into the right decimal. That is a shitty deal. If you trade a whole goat for a sandwich, you're not good at bartering. You got The barter off. system falls apart because you need like, okay, I need 67 sandwiches to equal this goat. I don't know if I'm eat that many sandwiches i'm not sure i want it tomorrow i just well, want one how so many money's how many of something that you can produce equals an iphone fuck or what a I... car for that matter Jeez. or gasoline mm-hmm. right well, exactly because that's... that's like I, I used to think i used to think like oh the barter system would be cool like i'll just make i'll do my thing and i'll trade some of my stuff for the thing that my buddy does that has that i don't have and that seems great but like Balls when i quick. really started to think about it in the context of modern society i'm like well how do i like what do, what can i pre- like how many songs do i have to write in order for somebody to give me a used car of theirs right like, like it's never going to happen. Or do you have you to know? write a song a day to eat? Like, do I, I mean, maybe if I landscape their yard all summer, they'll give me a car that'll break down in a month. Like, I don't know, man. Right. Like, that's just, I don't, it seems like a really romanticized, but inefficient Why does it automatically have to be a shitty car that's going to break down? If there isn't a money system, maybe it's a valuable car and it's, he, there's, he doesn't have a lawnmower. You have the lawnmower. He's got maybe gas and a broken lawnmower, so he can't take care of his lawn. So you take care of his lawn because of the that's a high value to him. So it gives you a better car. I just don't see that. But it ever doesn't happen repeatedly. Repeatedly, <laughs> yeah. It just has to be really a you miraculous have to system. Decide what your value is in this. No, I know it's a shitty system, but I think in in, in a very you would small kick community, ass in it. I think it would be really cool. And you would kick ass in it. That's, I think. I think having it as I don't know I'd be like a hitman I guess you'd be a mercenary (laughs) I think having it as a larger facet of a overarching system that also involves currency would be cool like I think that you know like promoting a a subsystem of bartering 
with also currency existing over uh, to fill it to supplement the things you know that would be something i would love to absolutely i don't know much about the gold the gold rush and pain with gold and pinches and stuff like that i don't know how all all that worked that was gold and currency right this is gold standard yeah having the dollar be valued in gold so you could turn a dollar into the bank and get a little tiny little sliver of gold kind of and or silver is actually what they would probably give you but uh, yeah, that was that. And at least it gave you something because we're making up money. Uh, yeah. So the point of this is like, what would the uh, reasonableist party, how would we act with money? Now, most governments, their number one thing that they do is they issue money. Like our Treasury Department, it's probably the most creative thing that the government does is they make our money. They make it look all purdy and all that stuff. But we've seen in the last several years, whether you like Bitcoin or not, uh, we've seen that there is potential for competition in the market. And why? Because the market is saying, well, money is controlled by governments and governments can be corrupt and they can make really bad choices like we're seeing in the world right now uh, with money and and devaluing it and not understanding it and all that stuff. So people that do understand money came up with the Bitcoin thing a little bit where they're like, okay, there's only this many Bitcoins forever. And that helps against inflation, just like kind of like the gold standard would kind of, uh, but better in some sense. So, but obviously we see Bitcoin go up and down and up and down because it's not part of our culture in the way that we yeah. can really use it. And we don't want money like that. The one thing for the reasonableist party is we want sound, what's called sound money. We want the money, something that we can rely on. We don't, natural inflation isn't a thing. Like people always talk about, oh, it's just in, adjusted for inflation. It's like adjusted for terrible decisions from your government and attacks on the poor by the government for the last mm-hmm. hundred years. That's what inflation is. It doesn't need to exist forever. And so if we have a sound money, I like the idea of decentralizing money. So I don't, so do I don't I. know if it's Bitcoin, but I know that, that that digital currency is absolutely the future. It's better for individuals and, and it's what a hedge against corruption against governments. And that's why I think the people that push against it the most have a tendency to be people that like government solutions for things. And they want to keep, you know, the Federal Reserve in charge and all that stuff. But I there's think my spiel. Also, I think it's also a tool, though, digital currency. I mean, I think it's also a tool that can be used by large government players in the world. And it could be it could be the uh, it could be instead of decentralizing everything, it could be the centralizing factor that, you know what I mean? Like, and that's that's the danger that I kind of see in it, because go- the people that are running these governments aren't stupid enough to not see what what the what the appeal to a digital currency well they're is. starting digital currencies and i know in some of these well, so yeah. here's the thing this is current events and it's uh, it's troublesome but um apparently china and russia have been pooling their resources behind closed doors to buy up as much gold as they possibly can oh, and yeah. according to you know several sources which i mean you decide for yourself how reputable they are you can go look it up but I don't know what it would profit them to lie about it necessarily. But there's like between the two of them, they've got more gold by far than any other country in the world, the U.S. included, which we were the leader and still are on paper. On paper, yeah. You know, but I don't think that that's the case. And they're they're very recently being vocal about they they want to create a. Uh, a one world digital currency yes. that's actually backed by gold. So like they want to, they want that. a digital currency that's backed by the gold standard. I like that. That sounds interesting. It sounds interesting, except for it's China and Russia that yeah, are yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that happens to the United States when our, cause we're the fiat currency right now, meaning we're, they use our currency to trade for major things like you know, energy and weapons and shit like that. We're yeah. the, the currency of choice. 
we've been that way since World War II. Basically, the United States monetary system was exported around the world, and that was our main export. And now, if yeah, China is really actually pretty good at economics. They understand a few things seemingly better than we do. They're they're the ones that we owe a lot of our money to, and they have they've put themselves in a position to really kind of tackle us because if that happens i mean all of the things that the united states kind of really our money and our military are the two things that kind of give the united states what it has and kind mm-hmm. of gives the balance to whatever the silly world that we have that's that balance uh fiat currency would would especially for americans a lot of our bills would become due a lot of weird things would happen here mm-hmm. it would totally it's a good move geopolitically to do that yeah so doesn't doesn't spell happy times for our no, country unfortunately no. if they pull it off but i don't know man like i think they could because that's why, i mean that's that's sort of i mean that has to be the end game right like they're basically planning to declare war on the u.s dollar mm-hmm. you know which makes sense yeah like like you said geopolitically it makes perfect sense yeah. um but but that would be uh that would be pretty gnarly because i feel like they'd probably wait if it was me in their shoes i would wait for the us dollar to have its natural boom that it's probably going to have after all the you know bullshit that we've done to it mm. over the last few years um but i would wait for it to start coming into its boom again and then i go <laughs> off give me and now we've got something better yeah. see ya <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that, having it like the one mistake that I don't want to see happen is having a digital currency and having it be centralized. Like yeah. the whole point of it is the whole point of the blockchain is giving you control of your money. So there's there's no middleman. Like you can trade with anybody in the world at, for the rates that you want, and that does lead to black market shit and you know all that other stuff. But whatever, uh, for for normal people, it takes the government's power out quite a bit. And so a China thing that, that wouldn't mean as much if most of us were trading in a, in a solid, yeah. sound digital currency. Well, that would be a way to put a kind of a hopeful spin on it and maybe what bring us closer to what the reasonableist stance on it would be is, yes, digital currency, but not at the cost of centralization, you know, and it, and, and to put the hopeful spin I was talking That's about, if, if, you know, China and Russia, or the I think they're called the block, it's... Um, or brick it's uh brazil russia india uh anyway i don't okay. know I, it's something sure i read about yeah check that out but anyway if they if they pulled this move um we could collectively if there was enough of us we could collectively go ah fuck gold who cares about gold mm-hmm. you know like we, we we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have our own finite resource that's also digital perhaps or whatever that's backing our version of digital currency but ours is decentralized and it's in everybody's hands and that's going to and and there could there could very well be a surge in that mm-hmm. just in response to somebody trying to somebody like China and Russia trying to pull that shit you know it's so. going to be an interesting kind of wild west scenario for currency over the next 50 years or so cuz we are going to be having the argument over di- between digital currency and we're having it now mm-hmm. some people just hate bitcoin they're like fucking it's because of the people that that you know some of the people that like bitcoin they're like fuck those people you know what i mean yeah. it's a lot a lot of libertarians are can be kind of cunty with uh you know I, it's I so know. silly though because they're like oh you know just because it's digital it's susceptible to the you know pump and dump bullshit that people do all the time and i'm like so is the, so is our currency like you haven't paid any attention to the stock market antics ever like right. what are you talking about <laughs> right that's just that's just a byproduct of having a currency system and also having shitty people involved yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's never gonna go away 
I've I've spent a lot of time listening to I would say experts on Bitcoin and economics and experts on the gold standard and economics, uh, and it's a fascinating conversation because I mean we don't really know. I mean this is all make believe stuff. Money is a, a useful tool. But it's kind of make believe on some level. So it is. It's, it's something you have to choose to. It's an agreed upon social contract. Mm-hmm. It only has the value that we assign to it. So let's take this one step further for the reasonable which party. Then, which then, for whatever reason, gives people the value in their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. Uh, so there's this other thing that, you know, I always kind of get bored with the debate between capitalism and socialism slash communism because it gets kind of, it's just a 19th century argument. Uh, that they didn't know that we were going to have computers and they didn't know that we were going to have systems that were phenomenal to get shipping from, you know, country to country around the world in days and all that stuff. They had no idea. And some of it does scale fine. I mean, capitalism can obviously do really well and all that stuff, but it doesn't seem fair to a lot of people. And I think that's a moral priority for people and they're not going to lose that no matter how much information they learn. It's like, well, people are, are poorer than that guy and that sucks. And so it's like, okay, that's fair. So the last few weeks I've been looking into other alternatives and it took me back to a place. Some of you guys might know the Zeitgeist movie from back in the day and it had like some serious, terrible 9-11 shit in it Mm -hmm. and uh, some questionable religious stuff in it too for those of you that know religion real well. But in that series of films, he his name's Peter Joseph, he introduced the idea of the Venus Project and a guy named Jacques Fresco. And Jacques Fresco is a futurist. He just passed away over 100 years old. Very fucking interesting man. Uh, whether he's not, whether he's right or not, doesn't matter. He gets you out of your mind, out of your thinking, and makes you question stuff. But they and Buckminster Fuller, I think, is the main thinker that that has what I'm about to say. But it's called a resource-based economy, and it's based around uh, scientific and technical prowess. And the whole principle is that, and I like this a lot. This is one of the main things that I like is that when we ask government to do things. We're asking them to solve technical problems, and none of them are technicians. None of them have the technical skills. You know, if we ask a congressperson to feed us, he doesn't know how trucks, shipping lines work. He doesn't know where the food comes from. He doesn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. So we're asking them, these politicians, lawyers, you know, pr- pr- bureaucrats for life, to do technical problems. And he's like, that's stupid. So society in the future will tackle the technical problems through technical means, through science, and through engineering and whatnot so resource-based economy the idea is and this is like communism where it can't be one country it has to be the whole world to do this but maybe you could do this in another country better than communism but anyway uh, the idea is to declare the world's resources a common heritage of all so and then do an inventory of all the gold all the cold and all the silver all the shit that we need on the planet that we know of and then break it down mathematically and it's you know this would be a weird where a lot of weird stuff would come in where people would debate about these kind of things like, mm-hmm. well, I like apples and I don't want apples, but you get five apples, but I need 20 <laughs> apples for this party and all these things. <laughs> and you listen to people like Peter Joseph and they get these questions over and over and over again. It's fun to listen to because lots of smart people have, have talked about this and the idea. And, and basically, so they've solved for a lot of these problems in some level to some, to some satisfaction, I guess. But the idea is no money. And so we are basically the whole idea of communism and a lot of these utopian ideas is to give people take away the anxiety, take away the the stressful jobs, take away the scarcity that causes us a lot of the anxiety and problems and give people the basic necessities, access to the things that they want, like education and healthcare and these things and see what kind of lives we live 
beyond the rat race and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I can't, I gotta tell you that is fascinating and it sounds lovely. And so I'm not, you know, however pie in the sky it is, it's very interesting to me to see these intellectuals go there. But I'm not even sure my question to you guys, but a resource-based economy, like, how about this question? If you had all of your things taken care of in your life, Jeff, uh, all your food, didn't you have to worry about it? Home, schooling, healthcare, and all that stuff. Would you just become lazy, or would you? Well, you would take would away you about half of what I do, which is hunt and fish. Right. So there goes most of what I enjoy. Well, maybe because now there's not a there's purpose no guarantee. That, well, but there's there's maybe not a purpose for it. I don't. Th- I think a lot of people are worried that you would lose your liberties when you. I, I certainly am. Whenever the central planning becomes a thing, it's like, okay, fuck. Now, how do we protect <laughs> yeah. liberties? Yeah. I want you to be free to do I, the things. The government's that, in charge of the food that we eat enough. I don't really want them to <laughs> continue to be in charge of more of what goes into my body. Fair. Okay. This is what I'm bringing up because to me, I, I am of the moral sensibility I, I, I of a very libertarian-minded. I think what I would be doing. Right. I think we cooperate best by leading each other, by not trying to affect each other as much. Uh, morally, letting people kind of go to a certain point until they become obviously bad or obviously detrimental to people. Uh, this system is maybe can still do that too. Go ahead. You have Back a to the question though: Would I become lazy? Yeah. Re- regarding what? Would I still? Would I still continue to work out and do the activities that I do? Yes, I would. Okay. But I mean, but the, but then there's the other. There's the professional side of life, the drive of life to succeed and achieve in some of these. Uh, the platforms that we've put within our society if you take that drive away yeah you are gonna people aren't gonna live as long i don't think i think the idea is that you would uh i think the utopian idea is that we would stop thinking about these mundane things and about our scarcity and how we have to deal with day to day and we'd start thinking about poetry and philosophy and we'd become you know opera fans i don't know i'm not sure you need a consistent balance of joy and stress you need them both they are both equally important well, without the work life we could probably get that still because i mean our ancestors had to work way differently than we have to now and we still have you know we still they overcame challenges and they might have said the same thing it's like oh now you got these weird specified you know specific things and I mean, that's going to sh- screw you up for i guess overall. i would st- i would still do a podcast and try to influence people to do more i guess like Read a lot poetry. of it falls into government and finance what we talk about but i mean just go do more in life go experience things i guess uh, would you be lazy would you just like be like fuck i don't need to do anything no. i mean fuck I don't, it, what do you talk i don't work now what are you talking about <laughs> you're, you're not you're not lazy though that's the thing <laughs> i don't i don't think i have it in me to be idle for very long you know like i i've i i have, I have too much drive to to do and to create so I don't even if I had my basic needs met to where I didn't really have to think about it, I would be like, okay, well, basics all well and good, but basic isn't enough to satisfy me. I want more. Mm-hmm. I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to accomplish more. I want to have more too. Fuck it, you know. Like would I, it be better in a non-money based system? Your album, if you make an album, it goes out to free and everybody can have it for free, kind of thing, and that's that's kind of cool. It's kind of like now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently we're living in the world that you're discussing. Yeah, we're working our way over there. And it's and there's there's admittedly a romantic side of me that has survived the the 
you know proverbial beating i've taken thus far in my life and that is attracted to a system like that towards you know like when they're talking in star trek like you know we don't we don't have money anymore you know and it's like and it is like when you think about it it is a little silly uh that i heard i think it was michio Kaku. kaku yeah yeah he was talking about like the um tiers of societies and where it's like you're a, right now we're still basically a, a, a society of colonies fighting over minerals mm-hmm. which when yeah. you frame it like that it's like wow <laughs> thank you for breaking it down we're, we're fucking idiots dumb. The reality. Like, thank you you and know the reality is i guess so. i'm sitting here thinking it would take away people's jobs it doesn't take away anybody's job you still have to work you just don't get paid for it now yeah now you have to do it for the for the good of all no nobody fucking thinks like that that's ridiculous it's not think, a good incentive no yeah i don't think so i mean i think people do seem to need incentives i don't they think really uh, do. it, so the where that falls apart is where it starts to border upon uh, equality of outcome which i think is deadening to the human spirit yeah and it's not sustainable because of that fact um but i think that we could get to a point as a species where we don't have to be driven around things like uh currency necessarily in order to still have a drive to become better to be better to have more you know like you can i think i think you can still have inequality uh, and and not have to be bound by a system where your worth is measured by numbers on a page well, that's I think the, there, that, I think there are a, things between those two points that is a huge societal problem is you know at the end of most people's lives they they publicly get you know display whether it be, you know usually somebody famous I guess but you know they get displayed on TVs and talking about what they left behind the cars and the houses and the you know all this shit I want to know what they are as a human being. I want to know people, you know, yeah. that I, I want to hear the good stories about them or the shitty stories or who they were as a Their human. Their poop smelled so bad, mm. even though they had 80 Rolls yeah, Royces stunk <laughs> up every bathroom that guy. I want to hear about people's moral value. When yeah. They, you know. It's, it's a shallow thing to be, to put so, such a high right. premium on and wealth not the and value, money. not the moral value of society. What was their moral value and their principles and did they live by them? Yeah. Whether I agreed with them or not, if they live by their their morals and their principles, I'm so, going to give them respect. It'd be so rad to have a baseball card at the end of your life. I, I did right. a skit in, about the ether right at the end. It's like it'd be it'd be really neat to see like statistics on like how often were you honest when you really needed to be, and it's like forty two percent shit, fuck me, you know, and all those things. Right. And like, how many days did I spend it at a stoplight just waiting? All those things would be fun to see at the end of your life. Just do the math. I guess we could probably do it anyway. How many hours did I spend putting pillows on back on a goddamn bed? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, okay. That's a, that, you, that, that you, needs to be a. You want to bring up some pillows on the bed? I, yeah. I got some stuff to say on that yeah. one too. Let's save that we'll, for a whole special. We'll put that in our back we'll pocket. Special. I think uh, so. Before we leave this subject, I just want to point out an observation of mine that I think I'm correct about, and that's I'm I'm always kind of game to try new systems, like new ideas for solving problems that we're facing, because. I firmly believe that there is no reality in which we can erase our problems. I feel like the more problems you solve, the more new problems crop up to then be solved. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I'm, attracted, and I'm attracted to that. I, yeah. actually, I like that. I'm like, cool, let's solve more problems so that we can have more problems to solve. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 We're just we new don't problems solve pro- to solve. We don't I'm solve tired problems. of the same old yeah. problems. I want new ones. And hopefully lesser <laughs> problems that, that, you know, 
I don't we're, care. We're I don't care. Okay, I, I, I prefer to have strife in life. I think it. Ha- I think it's a valuable thing to have, and I think I think inequality I has to exist, and I think that struggle has to exist, and and I think that injustice needs to exist. I think that there needs to be because that unifies people and 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 creates progress when and, there's some perceived injustice, and it doesn't necessarily have to be us doing it to each other. It'd be cool to evolve to where we're all on the same team and we find injustice somewhere else that we have to fight against. You know, right? And it let's, seems, let's declare war on God is what I'm saying. Essentially, <laughs> and it seems that just like I said, or on Mars, just like I said one. that there needs to be joy and stress. It's like when <laughs> I'm, on, I'm up for that okay let's see how, see how this like, goes wait can we really breeze by that <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> never mind <laughs> I lost my train of thought too I've done it again yes you did <laughs> I let all the air out of the room <laughs> well it's my be... marketable skill it's on my resume actually. well uh, I mean the idea of war on god that's pretty pretty dark <laughs> weird shit bro i learned well, it. I, mean, I learned it from lucifer <laughs> <laughs> lucifer i got i got one thing left on the money thing so i brought uh i know bitcoin still feels like too far in the future a little bit for a lot of people and then resource-based economy sounds as ridiculous as my anarchy stuff i think for most people and it's like when the hell is that going to be implemented a thousand years well so let's do something reasonable uh since we're going to have government and we're going to have dollar bills and and we're used to the way the system is right now. Here's one improvement that I would put to you guys for the reasonableness party. The Federal Reserve System is dumb. Yep. And it's probably the closest thing to actual fascism that yeah. we have. Fractional reserve banking is trash. All dumb. So trash. And the the thing that I think we can fix right away, because they're going to do fractional reserve banking and ruin our currency forever, because that's just mm-hmm. how governments get away. That's what they do. But we can do one thing that will help it so that we don't have the kind of ups and downs, the boom and bust cycles that we have, because that's really just people made. Uh, we can get rid of the Federal Reserve System and replace it with a computer, because all they're doing is setting interest rates and, and kind of doing math that they should they don't know. Uh, a lot of economists will say, you know, most economists don't know how to predict tomorrow's stock market shit, so there's really not a lot of predictions that can be done. Uh, but one thing you can definitely predict is that people won't be able to be as good with actual numbers as a computer. And they will be less corrupt as well. And I'd rather deal with hackers than actual hacks. So that's a whole lot of shit that maybe I didn't explain well. But basically, the Federal Reserve System, the 12 people that are in charge of it, who are private people and the heads of banks, and this is a government, quasi-government slash you know, private agency, get rid of all that shit. And replace it with Skynet. That's ex- what you're <laughs> yes. I see. This is Milton Friedman's idea. <laughs> Milton Friedman has a couple ideas that I thought were pretty good. This one is good, uh, in my view. A computer would, would set the interest rates better. It would it would do some things. It would it would reduce the, a lot of the corruption and whatnot. I agree that it would. I don't know that we're good enough with computers, though. Yeah, isn't it yeah. only as good Maybe. as the input for the most part in something like that? And we're not, I, or would it be an AI thing that ultimately gets it'll be smarter it'll, than us? Well, it'll still be smarter than the people uh, that are doing it. And it's really about the. But like computers have to be maintained and things have to be tweaked unless it's Mm -hmm. a self-learning algorithm which then becomes an ai situation which is rife with its own issues at at present for sure so it's like or we have to patch software updates and also there's the issue of it can't be network accessible otherwise it's then subject to malware and cyber attacks and like that that's just a whole new sure. fucking problem the problem but is then if it's the, not networked then people have to run it and who's running it yeah you well, know what i mean so but that's like, but if if all the people are watching that it's a little bit easier cuz then we have we have hackers we have that ability in the the public just the mm-hmm. the public people we can hack the shit out of stuff 
uh, and I, I trust in that more than I trust because what can we do to the 12 assholes that are in charge of the stuff they're just making money for themselves that's all they're doing yeah. uh, and they're devaluing our currency I don't want to be conspiratorial I don't know the inner workings of the Federal Reserve like some it seems kinda. pretty plain though like it it's, does it's, it doesn't it doesn't take a genius to look at it and go hey yeah <laughs> so I would replace that and that would help our money because the, the problem is is that uh, you know we're chasing too many services with not enough or we're, we have too many dollars chasing not enough services and that happens from people deciding little political things like we're going to print more money and we're going to make this this government look good, whichever party's in power. And it continually does these dumb things. If we have a computer in charge, I think we would have a little less of that and we wouldn't have people that have uh, agendas. The computer at least doesn't have an agenda. It has the agenda of the programmer, but we can audit that, I think, better because we have a lot of savvy people just sitting around the world. Uh, that aren't in government, and so to me, it seems a safer way to do things. But that's mm-hmm. that's my for money. I would I would do that. But in my my best, the thing I would want the most is a digital currency that is decentralized, that we can all kind of be our own masters on some level. Yeah. Uh, that's solid. That isn't something that you can. It's going to go up ten thousand dollars next year. I mean, getting it to be sound money is the whole point. Yeah. That's why I don't like inflation in the government. So we can't have Bitcoin be that way either. But the best thing of all, I think, for me, would be resource. Bitcoin could become that way when it when it actually hits its cap. You know what I mean? Like once it's once it's all been produced, I think think that it could achieve a level of market stability. I think it's just volatile because it's still in its infancy. You know, and maybe it won't be Bitcoin. Maybe it'll be some. Maybe it'll be blockchain technology. I think I like blockchain technology because it lends itself to you know Web three stuff, which mm -hmm. I find super fascinating. Like integrating digital assets into our actual currency system seems cool because it's sort of like the the future version of having barter systems in line with an actual currency like to where they're both tradable on the same platform in a sense you know which is cool widgets should deal with other widgets yes uh you know sometime in the future because we're going to start doing some interviews not necessarily real soon but soon we should talk to some somebody about bitcoin and about i'd like to pick somebody's brand i have somebody in mind i wonder if they'd be on the podcast oh yeah that'd be cool that's so far over my head i mean i i get it but i don't get it i've looked into this crap the problem is i don't know all the questions to ask to know how much I grasp it even so fair uh same though same like with the resource the resource-based economy sounds the best to me in the sense that it is going to reduce some of the things like I'm curious to see how much of our lives how much of our pain and whatever is natural human stuff where it's just subjective what's going to happen no matter what happens in our lives whether you're rich or poor or if this rat race that we all kind of agree that we live in if we were to alter that, alter the incentives of life, alter the scarcity, I think is the most thing. Cause everything is about scarcity. Like mm-hmm. not enough money. I've got not enough land. I got not enough food. It's, you know, we're, we're this- competing for that. I wonder if we removed that, if it would be all bad, all good, what the bad would be, what the good would be, you know, what that would look like. It's fascinating to me. Well, fascinating that people think that wealth creates happiness. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, who the fuck? I mean, what evi- what evidence is there of that, really? Right. <laughs> There's not a just because you can do cool shit doesn't make you a happy person. I think you can. I think when you buy a nice car that you really like, I've heard a, a few rich people talk like this. I think I don't remember who it was, but uh, they're like, "Yeah, you, you feel really good for a minute because it's the but money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you cool shit and da da da." Right. But when you buy a new car, you we've all bought a new car. It's it wears off pretty damn quick. You know, and it's, well, let's not. And if you have a ton of money, it's not necessarily as important as if you bought a car when you had ten thousand dollars and you bought it for eight. <laughs> and yeah. That's all you had. Well, let's not be 
juvenile or, or naive about it Holy either. shit, money, fighting words. Money's, money's not just, like, the, the utility of money isn't just, ooh, I bought a cool car, fuck yeah. Right, right. Money's a tool. Absolutely. You can accomplish a lot with money that doesn't equate to, ooh, look at this cool shit that I got that I can make the neighbors jealous of. You know, money, you can, you can create a platform with money that allows you to enact the change in the world that you want to create, sure. you know? So, like, there's, it's not, I don't think it's as simple as just being like, oh, you know, money is just, money just equals stuff and that equals happiness well no obviously not we've proven that sure also not sure that happiness is the point anyway <laughs> also <laughs> at, yeah, at the end question. of all things yeah. i think i think fulfillment would be closer to the mark of what what you're really looking for at the end of a day slash life but uh How do you, money can money can help you just says money, is, money is a useful <laughs> money is a useful tool for for engineering fulfillment yeah. I think that's a fair statement. How do you judge fulfillment yeah. if you don't have any stresses in life? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, and like, on that, I agree. I don't think I don't I don't think the goal should be removing stresses from life, and I don't think you could. I think you I think you would fail in the pursuit of that. Absolutely, naturally, because yeah. it's fun to think about. But I don't think <laughs> with would, anything I don't know, that you think you're achievable. doing as a positive, it's going to have a negative. It's just a natural thing that occurs. Well, you wouldn't like even I be said, able to solve problems. It. You to wouldn't find know it's problems. good if they didn't know bad things. If you right. didn't know how bad something was, you wouldn't know how good something is, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. Utopia is just another word for dystopia. Yeah, I like that. I like that phrase. But you still want to reduce the amount of suffering that there is out there. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of value in reaching for utopia, even knowing that you're never going to actually grasp it. Yeah. So yeah. how about this? Like with the resource-based economy, I don't want to take away. Like I like people, hardworking people and ingenuity people and people trying to invent things and stuff. But if we gave everybody, uh, or if society was able to make it so it worked, that everybody had the basics for their, their life. You know, this is kind of like the plan for UBI, the universal basic income right. and stuff. And this, you guys, whether you believe in this stuff or not, they tried that in Canada. Did they? Did you hear about that? I a know whole, that a whole community that did a it. few places have yeah. tried that. So mm -hmm. I think a Scandinavian country or two has tried it and mm -hmm. to see, I want to hear how they did and, and how it went. But, but the wind is telling us the advertising on the walls of the earth is saying that, that society wants this, that that's whether we want it or not, a lot of people want it. So I wonder, I mean, can you live with, would you just leave society if it became something like this or, uh, well, I kind of want to leave society. I mean, I felt like that was kind of a, a weird question to ask Jeff, <laughs> just is, like I'm already packed, yeah, bro. Kind of hedging that this way anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Shaden's like, I'm not far behind. I got my bug out bag <laughs> right. and my fucking 900 gallon gas tank. Not a big fan of society in its current state either. If I'm being honest, uh, I, 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 nothing, it doesn't what, I don't, it's not that I don't want society. You guys know that. Yeah. I'd like my alone time, but I don't want to be alone. Yeah, yeah. I just want a very, very small pocket of people. Like but, very, like, you know, 508 sounds about right. So do you want to start <laughs> yeah. a commune? Should we start a commune? You guys want to start a commune? With 508 in yeah, a specific city. Population 508. If we exceed that, somebody's got to die. See I'm, I'm either curious. grandma or an abortion, I guess. I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes. Well, I think actually, <laughs> these are the jokes. So people. Funny. So Pierce, or Pierce, Idaho, the population sign has been 508. For the 30 years that I've been, oh yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. You talked about yeah. that. And what's and funny is every time I every yet. time I've gone up to my apartment for the last six months, there have been handwritten notes taped to my door Please that I have up. not filled out my census yet. <laughs> so I am pretty. First off, I don't actually like rent, but it's not a residence for me, so I'm not going to fill it out. And fuck you anyway. But right. <laughs> that's my attitude. Right. About, you know, oh shit. <laughs> that's going to be. But I'm Jeff's pretty sure when that dies. they are Fuck waiting anyway. for we'll me sure to get the census done so they can change the sign 
And that's it. That's mm. why it's been there for 30 years. They're just waiting on me to get that done so they can. Every day, every time you drive in there, you're like a reminder, like, nah, I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to know, like, what would be maybe the negative things if society, if we, if everything was, if all the minimal, all the basics were taken care of, what, what do you guys see would be the negative? Or have we already covered it? You know, people would lose their competitive nature or something. What do you guys see if, if nobody had to worry about their next meal? A house, their health care, and going into debt for. We'd all act like thirteen-year-olds. You think so? Again, is that bad? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know well, either. I mean, that's, I don't know nobody that, knows. I don't know that the data shows that because, like we were saying, they did try it, and and I mean, uh, granted, it was like, you know, what you do in a focus group can't really extrapolate no. to the the you know. Why macro, do a lot of people you know, kill themselves but, because they don't have purpose? In yeah, life. they feel they don't have purpose in life. I think that creating a, a, an environment like that is going to make more people feel that they don't have a purpose in life, and you'll have higher suicide rates. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like the purpose that they maybe have. Uh, you know, it's like, well, I'm fucking, I'm washing dishes tonight. If I'm washing dishes for this next year or two. That's what my future is like. I mean, manufactured I, purpose also ends lives too. To be fair, so yeah. Then it's just a. Then it's just a. Well, which one? Which one and is better or worse in in the net scheme of things? Part of the resource based economy. The only reason we can do this is because of computers and technology. So, eventually, there won't. I want all the dangerous jobs that can kill people, that can make it so kids don't have parents and stuff, to be automated if they can. I think that's a wonderful goal, and so eventually we're going to be. <laughs> we're going to be basically like busy work for people. And I don't think that's good. So, I mean, almost technology is going to take so away the jobs anyway. you don't want people anyway. leaving home and risking going and getting hit. No, I want them to go out and risk doing other things. Like just because things are set the way they are, doesn't mean that's the way they'll be in the future. So even if all the technology is taken care of for all the dangerous jobs, there'll still be new things I that also, humans will want to do and new tasks. I don't think people will just, I don't think there's been a time in history that human beings have been idle or they just sat and were like, eh. but I also don't think that uh, humans, humans don't have a hard time valuing things anyway. I think that mm. if nothing had value to it, so to speak, I agree with that, uh, that they would destroy it. I mean, I mean, that's, that's why you can't go anywhere or do anything without having to pay a price now. It's because some cocksucker fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. They went and destroyed shit. Now they got to pay people to take care of that stuff. It's like, it, it doesn't take a lot of assholes to ruin it for everybody, you know, but it, that's it. It's an inherent trait in a lot of human beings is just, well, it's not mine. So I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's you know? the biggest problem with the RBE, the resource-based economy. It's like, how do you account for prices? Prices are so valuable. They're such a, I mean, if you don't want resources to go away, prices are what protects those things. Like yeah. the high prices things, will keep it from being. Things need to have an assigned value. They really do. And know? so this would probably remove that as far as money-wise, but that doesn't mean it won't have some sort of value in some other way that people have come up with as far as like, it's got, it's got a five rating. So the five rating is something that you really have to have. I don't. I really don't know, but I like the idea of, the thinkers thinking about it because I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with people thinking of new ideas and 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 things to help other people. That's okay. Yeah. I, but you know we're kind of assigning ourselves to what what would the problems be with that or how can they yeah. work and it, and it, you know why we don't have a new system to what we have because it's fucking hard to think of one. Yeah. That's actually going to work, especially when you have now. It's also hard to change from a system that you already have. Do. Yeah. yeah, and it's once you have the thing about government too is that once you open Pandora's box, there is no way to get rid of government. 
Like it is revolution and revolutions never fucking name a revolution that did good. The United States, I guess we mm-hmm. got, uh, we got lucky as fuck. Yeah. Kind Most of. revolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depends on who you're talking to for sure. Right. Uh, well, even when the constitution was written, they're like, this will work for a while. Right. Yeah. If you can keep it, it's yeah. a Republic. If you can keep it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there needs to, no matter what the system looks like, there needs to always be something that's worth reaching for that you don't have by default. Right. You know what I mean? Which is what, which is where, and I'm, this is a new idea to me, this, the resource-based economy. Uh, I mean, it's not the, the premise of it isn't new to me, but the, you saying that it's been so thoroughly thought out and discussed, I haven't encountered that. So I can't really speak to it too much beyond what you've told me and my own intuition. But I, the part where it seems to break down to me the most is kind of what you're saying Jeff where it's like okay so if you are if everything's already provided for then what's the point of reaching for something you know like what what where do, where does the where does the drive and the struggle come from I think a lot of but I think uh, I think in in having conversations about like universal basic income or it's like give give people I think we are at a point where we could probably and maybe I'm fucking up my ass about this, but but if we're entertaining there ideas, are no stupid questions, stupid. <laughs> if we're entertaining ideas, I feel that we could probably give we could uh, engineer a way to give everybody just the very ba- just the very basics of what they need mm-hmm. to survive. What is that? Which is which is you know. Food shelter, ba- basic shelter, shit. basic shelter, food and 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 water and access Medicine. to electricity. I'm not trying. I'm and not and trying whatever, to chop you know? up seriously, but what is basic shelter? We're we talking homes. We're we talking tents. I think I think like sustainable, livable shelter that it wouldn't degrade your health to live in year round. Yeah, apartment you're at the least. And, and we're gonna yeah. whether it's a ten person family or a two person family, we're going to accommodate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, just, just for argument's sake, mm-hmm. you know, but, but then, but, but keep the threshold that, you know, and we'll, we, it would take some engineering to be like, you know, well, this, this situation merits this solution and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not going to just be a one size fits all thing, but then that still le- and everything beyond that, you have to work your ass off for same as you do now. You know what I mean? So Is it's like, where it's like, are, are we, comes in? where we, what? Is this where that one strip city comes in? You were talked about. A oh while yeah. Ago? Yeah. The line. Oh, yeah. I guess. Kind of, well, I don't know. They don't, they didn't say things were going to be free. Like it's probably going to be really <laughs> oh, expensive yeah, to that, live in that, in that thing, thing, you know, but no, I, I don't like the idea of things being free. I really don't. I'm okay with helping people with basics mm-hmm. as far as that, you know, your, your flour, rice, mm-hmm. um, you know, some foods. So like here, at least you're not going to die. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you can, I, well, I think you're right. Having some basics like that, I'm okay with helping people, but the idea of taking value away from everything, essentially, and what we're talking about, that's what we're doing. I I think that that sets a terrible precedence. It does, and and I think it's going to lead to devastation of human of humankind. But there's two there's two ways to get to this. We could just decide to do this, which is not going to happen. But technology can make this happen. Technology makes government obsolete all the time, all all the time. It's the best revolution against government that there is, Uh, and so eventually, like. It's cost effectiveness too. Like these dangerous jobs that do pay high, you know, the, the highest jobs, they're going to go away when things become automated because there's a, a need for it. Some com- there are people out there that see that the, this is costing this company a hundred million dollars a year. I can make a machine to do that. It's happened in most industries. So eventually, we're going to need a system. This is where you get the UBI from, because this is uh, Andrew Yang, where he's like, yeah. "You guys, automation is going to get rid of a lot of the jobs that are the backbone of the middle class." Just period. 
So we kind of have to think about what's going to happen when that happens. Anyway, so whether or not we want this to happen, there's going to be some semblance of a need for it. Here's something I agree with you on. As far, not that I disagree with you necessarily. I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to throw this out there. Yeah, I don't know what but, I think. But you know, so like, <laughs> I don't know yet. You know, you go through the grocery stores, and it well, it's kind of funny. Now there's some supply chain issues. It's not that anymore, but there's still vegetables to be bought, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, meat. Mm -hmm. You know, how much meat goes bad? How much vegetables go bad? How much produce goes bad? That maybe there's a way to be able to better dial in how much is actually needed for certain areas to be purchased that so sounds like resource bait. Well, i mean even when i when i bear hunt if people don't know i bait bears i go to franz and i give them 25 bucks and they fill the back of my truck with bread that's right. all expired it can't be for human consumption because of the uh uh usda right stuff but uh I eat it anyway because they give me fruit pies for the bears, but I eat them all myself. <laughs> um, anyway, so I mean, I think, wow, you look at all the food that just gets wasted. If you could get a better dial on what actually needs to be sent out, shipped out for the locations, then you wouldn't be going through so much food to begin with. Yeah. That, that would be a benefit of this society because I think I mean, how many people could I feed with a truckload of bread just downtown Spokane in in a day right and and we you know go to bring some peanut butter camp. and jelly and you got you know, uh, I mean a truckload of bread would feed everybody at Camp Hope for a day yeah it would you know yeah I, I like the idea I mean from what I've understood and I haven't delved into this for a lot of years and I've forgotten most of the things I learned but you know basically ordering your you know, before you need it, kind of just your grocery thing. Like I need eight apples. I need this bread. Da, 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 da. You do it beforehand and the computer is taking care of all of this and, and it's matching trends and it's predicting things like the grocery stores do that and they do a good job, but there's also a lot of waste. This would be perhaps a way to reduce that waste by quite a bit if you're ordering what you want. And that's, man, and, and, and this, and this is more for me, this is more towards the perishable types of waste that we have mm -hmm. that could be used you know, resourcefully, but it, we, we could find a better resource to distribute it better. I think, I think so too. We definitely can do, we're doing great, but we could definitely do better. So I don't know. It just seems like we're, I'm trying to figure out where the incentive comes from in a system like that. You it does what, seem like you have to be you know a self-starter I mean? to really survive. Well, for what? What do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you do? For your philosophy, for your art, for your... I mean, art is one of those things. Learning science is still going to be important. They're yeah. just not going to stop. They don't know everything because of the resource-based economy. They're just giving you food and shelter. But, but, so... I would still want... You can still start businesses. You can still be a restaurateur. You can still have a, you know, trucking company. You can still... Uh, maybe not that one. That might be a bad example. But <laughs> I don't know. I, but for what? Like if there's no money for what? Why are you doing it for self gratification? You know what? That is the how number you, one. How do you measure for your success? The market is for those incentives. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like that's know. the part that I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't see that. Like, like that's where I guess I'm leaning towards more towards Jeff's side of the table. Not that we're fucking no, I'm, of this shit. We're just kind of yeah, kicking yeah. it around. But yeah. in the in the context of this conversation, I'm leaning more towards like, well. There needs to be something like like I don't think it's wise to try and get rid of all scarcity. It's good. I think it'd be great to get rid of engineered scarcity because yeah. I think that shit sucks. It is our natural you instinct know, to but, try to survive. Would you 
Agree with that. 100%. Yep. Everything. So yeah. Within society, we survive a different way. We survive by learning in jobs and, 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 you know, the Western world and, does, and, yeah. And buying the things that we do so we can, you know, have hot, hot water and homes and heat and all that crap. So if you take that, if you take that drive away to have to even get those things, I, I, I think that it, it just creates, a hazard for people to do. There's no reason for them to continue. Is it relative? Or to though? do anything? Because is it is it like how? I mean, we our anxiety comes from our ancestors being afraid of fucking saber tooth tigers and shit. You know, and we still have that same anxiety. And we've just changed it over time. Wouldn't we just change our our ambitions? Would change? It's like all right, now let's be a multi planet species. Fuck all this shit where I'm just trying to figure out how a mortgage works. Now let's spend some time. This guy that would have been working at Albertsons now has time to work on a fucking space rocket because that's what he wanted to do in the first place, but he didn't have connections. He didn't have the great grades. He just, he can. He just can, but he couldn't prove it. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I don't those know. kind of things, human beings are fucking fascinating. We, but our brains we do all are... sorts of crazy shit in the weirdest circumstances. There's people out there with full-time jobs that are doing things where it's like, how do you have enough time in the day to do all mm -hmm. this? Th you know, so I feel like we'll never lose that. I don't think it's insane. I like the incentive of the free market for sure. Cause that's why ca communism kind of seems to fail on, on paper even where it's like, but you're going to envy stuff and you're going to, yeah. you know, the incentives are what drive things to, for good. You know what I mean? Like people want people wanting to make their life better by making a widget makes all of our lives better. Cause we have the widget. So now. you're thinking that's, that incentives would just evolve in the absence of our know. current engineered incentives. Like our, our new incentive would be, well, how do we go further than this? Right. I, mean, I guess the only incentive you would ha incentive you would have then is popularity for creating an object that everybody wants a, a, a clap <laughs> and a handshake. And thank you. I don't know. What would, what would society be like if you weren't given a bunch of money and admiration? It was only admiration. I don't know. Yeah. This isn't my idea and I'm not no. really for it. I no. really, but I do like, uh, I do like the idea of people. I mean, just think about the stratification. Like we're all middle-class people, you know, there's a lot of people that are struggling that, that see no light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, fuck, if I could just have a couple extra thousand dollars a year, or, you know, if I could just pay this thing off, I'd be fine if this one bill or whatever. And I wonder, I mean, because our society's you'd, not really... You'd create new bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're not, but we're not running off bill. supply and demand, so people are are right to look at this. It's like, I can't afford a house for a thousand years now yeah. because, you know, the government and, and these private businesses have decided to fuck our economy in a weird way. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I want to protect... I would like to see uh, a safety net be the smartest possible, the most scientific safety net possible. I think that's the future that we kind of, I don't know, we, not deserve, but it's the one that we should probably have in our mind's eye. It's like we can make it better uh, without sacrificing the incentives of, you know, innovation and hmm. competition and all that stuff. I don't yeah. know. Okay, so maybe the reasonless party believes in our own country first. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Try and take care of our own shit. I don't know. Figure out some of our own systems first. I mean, if, it seems I like mean, if we work I mean, together our, as a planet, our own society further. should be our priority, I think, that. for sure. I mean, as far as countries and whatever, however you want to draw those lines. But yeah. uh, the, uh, I think if if we're trying to engineer our own society, then our society should be our top priority. For sure. You know? like not, not to the exclusion of every other thing that exists, but... I do think it know. is to our detriment that we don't see each other as like a 
like it would be better if we were fighting aliens because <laughs> you know because if we decided like honestly communism the reason why a lot of people have major problems with it besides the crap that is just kind of natural it's like it can never be tried because the whole world has to do it that's really the point of, of marxism it's like the workers of the world unite we all need to fucking do this. Otherwise, it's just going to be a couple of countries with dictators and really weird systems. So yeah. I think we do lose out that we don't see each other as a common people. But I also fucking understand I, I only like the circle of people in this house and like 10 other people more, you know, that I know in my life. Like, I'm not a big, you know, yeah. hands across America it, it person. Would, it would take something pretty. And I like you listeners. It would take something pretty dire to bring unification to our species on some level you yeah know? like we'd have to have some some huge common enemy whether that's a fucking asteroid hurtling towards our planet that's going to end us all or you know mm -hmm. an alien invasion that wasn't maybe so friendly or what we wanted to see or something yeah. something you know like it would it's just going to have to be something larger than all of us ronald reagan in front of the u.n i believe had a speech where he's like maybe one day you know we'd have a an alien a, a, enemy from outer space that would unite us and it's like what the fuck do you know you tell us what you know Reagan <laughs> tell us what you know us tinfoil hatters are fucking are squeezed in our brain over that yeah. all right I think we've talked about money we've got lots of stuff yeah. that we we solved approximately nothing yeah usual I like for it sure. well done but boys I would if you guys are interested check out the Venus project and, and you know if you have something to say about it that'd be great uh, his name is Jacques Fresco an interesting cat and it's not something you'll get 10 minutes you i like to, frescas i like them too frescas delicious <laughs> it's the uh the grapefruit juice yeah, pomplamoose juice in canada all right so we're gonna do our is that what it is yep ew it's the french version ew that's how you say grapefruit juice in french it's say it again pomplamoose juice okay that is kind of cool it's actually. catchy <laughs> what's up, what's it up with there's so much moose shit going on in canada <laughs> well They've it's more like moose. it's more like moose like pie kind of moose not, not the I one know but the, it's just the two <laughs> words know. are the same <laughs> alright but fair enough uh, fuck this yay this we're gonna do uh, a fuck this this time and this is Shaden and this is blindly trusting institutions fuck those things oh do you remember yeah I do it's uh, you're like <laughs> I, was, nah, I, I was all I was all wound up about it I still I still feel valid but I've calmed down a little bit since I, I brought it up but I think that I just find it strange I guess and irritating uh, that we collectively, because I've I've fallen prey to this myself, but we collectively, if something is put to us, some sort of claim, and then it's brought to you by or backed by, insert organization here, like mm -hmm. an acronym, pick an acronym. You might not even recognize what the acronym is, you know, like NASA maybe, but they're, I mean, they're pretty benign, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. see NAMBLA, don't, don't. Yeah, yeah, when you yeah that one, I screen. think that one's pretty much lost its credibility. <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope at so. least I hope so. But, <laughs> but, uh, We're not you know what I mean? Like, it's like the, like the, like N, N I A I D. You guys know what that is? I'm not sure I could. Huh. I only know of it because of, uh, COVID. That was the, that was the National Institute of Ass. ass in dicks i don't know i fucking <laughs> see i can't remember right but they're the they're they were like um part of the authority that we were listening to on the origin of of covid and okay. they were they were like sort of running that investigation but turns out also funding the lab in wuhan or oh. some shit there was some big deal some controversy but before that people were just like well they're the National Institute of whatever fucking acronym that has to do with health. So they obviously know. So we'll just trust what they say. Right. And it's just like, why? 
Like, why is that? A, why? Like, what? What clever conditioning has been used on us to for us to go? Oh, it's got an acronym. <laughs> Never heard of it, but must be right. Yep. Why? Like, Fuck that. Like, Stop like, doing like that. C -C -C, like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I think exactly. it's the same thing as like, uh, I can't remember his name now, but it's like woo woo words where uh, some of the, the kind of like spiritual, spiritual guys of the new age of I'm the, the grand poobah. They'll say things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They'll say things that sound scientific and they sound, it's like the, the quantum spiritual, uh, you know, flow of Interplanar the Interplanar alignment of yeah. the ass cheeks. <laughs> and, it sound, and to a person that's had five seconds of scientific training of, or any understanding, yeah. you got to be in, you know, fourth grade math or, or science or whatever they're like yeah, that sounds fair yeah that sounds as, good as long as it's multi-syllabic and complicated <laughs> exactly and that's a lot of work that guy obviously sounds like he knows what he's talking shit. he knows what a quantum schmaggity is and that fucking, <laughs> that's important <laughs> so i wonder if it's a similar yeah yeah know. it's got to be in that same category well but, but like i guess i guess the to zero in on it my fuck that thing is fuck that behavior try to break out of that <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> it's arguing of authority you throw doctor in front of somebody's name I mean, it could be a physician, but if he's talking about race cars, people tend to listen to him more because he's a doctor. Right. It's why? That's ridiculous. You, most people only have one expertise at best, maybe two yeah. in Unless their life. Unless it's Dr. NASCAR. He knows all about the racing. <laughs> Fair. He, he, he has his degree and he's also good at racing. Those are his two things. But if you ask him about, you know, a satellite dish, he's not going to know about that. <laughs> it is funny. Because a lot of people that are experts in some weird field will also will see them as experts at politics because they got you know a, a Nobel Prize in some field that doesn't have to do with politics. Or the silly yeah. assumptions, and I only bring that up because everybody assumed that I was some kind of gun nut just because right. I was a law enforcement. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And they'd start want to show off about all the guns they have, and I'm just like, <laughs> dude, I, I honestly, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I own a couple guns. Yeah. That's it. Unless it's a gun that I carried for hunting yeah. or my job. None of which I've <laughs> chosen to masturbate to like you apparently do. Right. Yeah. So I guess, I guess just, uh, fuck that behavior. And it kind of ties into, uh, approach everything, which we talked about before approach everything with a healthy degree of skepticism, you know, like just whenever you're presented with information and they're just like, you know, this is backed by this or this institute decided this or you know this company that has is has this apparent you know just look at it and, and i try to condition yourself to be like mm -hmm. your first knee-jerk reaction is to well, who are they and who funds them mm -hmm. and why should i listen to them mm -hmm. that should always be where your where your brain goes and it's hard to break out of that like sometimes i'm just like Pfft. Okay, well, I don't have time to look into that, and they're they're that is their job, so I guess they probably know exactly, about it. Yeah. You know? So it's like it's easy it's easy to just get lazy and and fall into that. But I'm encouraging all you guys and us as well to fucking stop doing that. Like, Big don't time. don't trust something just because it's presented to you by somebody who apparently some organization that apparently knows more about it than you do. Go well, check it. Go check them out and see who the fuck they are. I got a couple <laughs> things on this one. Like the when I worked for Time Suck, we did. Uh, the ninth circle cult and the ninth circle cult was developed basically online by this exact thing where a guy came up with, he's like, he called himself the international world court of this and that. Hmm. And it sounded very professional and he had a nice logo and a nice, you know, business card, I imagine, and all that good shit. And he started this thing where basically he said, you know, that this court had found them, you know, Queens and princes and shit guilty of, eating babies or some shit like that. And yeah. it's been verified by the trilateral court of this guy's house. And it was just Probably Todd's true, though, website. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I, you know, 
I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said that. And it's like, oh, it was true. It's like, yeah, they look like they eat kids. I don't yeah, know. Weird. They don't seem to like they like us. But it was just some guy's website. And I think, I don't know if Dan went with the jokes that I threw in there, but it was basically like, it's Todd's website. Todd's website says that fucking, that this is confirmed. So this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but that was he the, pays fourteen ninety five a month for GoDaddy hosting. He's obviously <laughs> expert. Cor- and, and they were actually like a court. That was the other thing. They were like a court system. So and it was just some guy making up, a, you know. So I'd look into that. The second one, and this one will be kind of controversial to some po- folks that are listening, but I just have a problem with this group, and I, you can call me a cunt for however you want. But the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, I believe that they had an, an, a, a good mission at the beginning, very much so. I'm supportive of all that stuff. But it seems like, you know, we've had run-ins with them in the past with our band, because our band name is stupid and my bad. Uh, sovereign <laughs> Citizens are stupid. Uh, but I, I came up with that name independently of Sovereign Citizen. I thought it was like Marilyn Manson, pretty and ugly and da 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 you know, mm-hmm. oxymoron, whatever. But that got us on the radar of the SPLC, because their job yes, is to did. find hate. <laughs> And their job is to find hate. So if they're getting paid and they have hundreds of millions of dollars because well, they... I hate lots of things. So they can look <laughs> in the right direction. Right. I'm but full of hate. They thought I'm that we Sith. might be... Yeah, you are a Sith. A shitlord. If you move <laughs> yes. the words, the letters around. But they thought that Sovereign Citizen and the nonprofits might be some hateful or we might be putting you know racist things in our... Because I think Sovereign Citizens are both anti-cop and I think there was some racial stuff in there. So and anti, so when I heard that, I was like... Anti-government in general. Yeah, very much. Well, they're... <laughs> It kind of fits some of my mentality if you think about it. He's like, he is a sovereign citizen. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Ken Bouch, he's not. <laughs> but I'll finish the story. He's more like a puppy. Yeah I, yeah, I want what's best for everybody, but I don't think I know what it is. That's all. Um, <laughs> but the SPLC, then the person that contacted us, very nice, uh, but very accusatory from the get-go. Uh, they be, I'll say the end of the story. They became a fan of our band, so that's good. So, Happy ending. Yeah, that was nice. But and we still you know, changed our name. We did change our name, which, just, is, which is probably for the best. Yeah, and I feel <laughs> I don't like doing that kind of stuff, but I also don't. I, there's no real reason to uh, to give people. I, I hate having this conversation, basically. Yeah. But the SPLC, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're people that are all trying to do the best they can, and they have good intentions and stuff. But they're looking for problems. There's probably some fuckers in there. Like yeah. every organization. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. For sure. <laughs> but I think that, uh, I don't know. It was just a weird experience with them where it was like, I had to look into it more. And I had to see like, okay, who are you people? Yeah. You know, are you government people? Are you scientists? How do you, how are you? How, how much trouble do I stand to get in if I disagree with your claims? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, well, I know I have to write a nice letter back and, be like, and just tell the truth. It's like, we're not interested in race and, and this stuff. I am anti-government, but not in any kind of fucking dangerous way. I don't, I'm not throwing Molotov cocktails in my life. But it was, uh, you know, I had to stick up for our band not being hateful pieces of shit. And it's like, where did this come from? Yeah, which because is, we chose which is a weird because if you meet any of us, it's like, yeah, the they're of that. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> we, we pride ourselves in being the band that will... Perhaps too nice sometimes. Yeah. But it was, you know, I had this conversation a couple times with them and it was kind of emails back and forth. And it was, you know, accusatory questions like, do you believe in this? You know, what's your thoughts on that? And it's like... Who are you? Yeah. And why you're coming at me like why you have you a moral running around opening people's proverbial closets looking for skeletons yeah, exactly. when they have done exhibited no behavior. <laughs> exactly. Well, this reminds me of a thing like we have a song on our first album called Virtue Signals. And that is a trigger word now in American and Western politics because it means something. The people on the right call it out and the people on the left a lot. That's kind of what yeah. happens. I wrote that song well before I knew anything mm-hmm. about that kind of shit. I, I knew what it was. 
but I've said it here before. It's like a company spending, you know, $10 million to tell the world through a marketing campaign that they spent $10,000 to buy a bunch of kids in a classroom, some erasers and pencils. Right. That's virtue signaling at the worst. That's why I wrote that song about. And, you know, we have friends in our camp when this ideological um, call to <laughs> whatever call to, to arms, uh, people decided to ideological up. And they're like, that song that you sing, Virtue Signals, is what fascists say. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I don't do, you, I, do I seem like a fascist to you? Is that what I you're had saying? A, I had a friend, uh, was a close friend of many years. And I know I told you about this when it happened, but it, I got kind of like publicly tarred and feathered and, and, and kicked to the curb. And that was one of the things that they brought up was that the, that you didn't even write my this. lap. I know. I was like, well, <laughs> I wrote that song. You know? the but, fascist. But yeah, I mean, I stand by it. It's a good fucking song. But, <laughs> but, but they were like, they were saying that it was like full of like hateful rhetoric. And I was like, no, it's not. Not even, like, a, not even go a bit. read the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just us saying, hey, this is a cringy thing yeah, that, don't that people do, and don't be cringy. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with your hair color or your blue and red or your ideology or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a, so that so so that's how, my how long did you go back and forth with the with that person before they were finally like okay, not too we're bad. cool. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> it, you know, it was actually kind of like a, a thing because it was 2016 or so or seven. I mean, you know, it was have to be after 16, so 17 or so, mm-hmm. and it was a weird time in the country. So it was kind of like. I sent the email and then I waited a day kind of thing. And then they sent it back. But I was kind of like biting my nails. Like, I don't want to be on their list because I came up with a dumb name when I was a kid. I remember you were stressing out about it at the time. At the same same time, we were called out by uh, kind of a fixture in Seattle. He was a bass player for some band. And he's a very much get in people's business and cause trouble where there might not be some. But Somebody that we never met. Yeah. Somebody that doesn't know us at all. And he's like, you need to change your name. That's why I had a hard time changing the name this time. I'm like, don't tell me me what to do. I'm going to be bad. I'm sorry. I'm going to disappoint you. Even if it's what I should do. I know. As soon as you tell me that I have to. There's at least a piece of me that's like, yeah, I'm flipping you off as I'm doing the thing you told me to do. That's for sure what's happening. Jeff doesn't know anything about that. But, But this guy called us out for the same thing. And it all comes back down to what you started this with where it's the SPLC who are these people and why do they have some sort of power over us and I don't care what you think left right I don't care the SPLC doesn't seem like it's a super valuable thing anymore like it it seems like they're looking for problems that don't exist more than they're solving problems yeah and it seems like it's just a big big place for people to once again virtue signal it's like well the SPLC says they're terrible and I think they're terrible too. And so there they are. And it's like, you have no recourse. That was, that was a scary thing. Cause if for some reason, this random person that has zero scientific backing, zero psychological understanding, zero knowledge of us, never read a lyric. If they just decided to put us on the hate list, yeah, you're done. It's over. Yeah. yeah. I have for the rest of my life. I have to be like, no, I like people. I'm a fan of good. Yeah. I don't hate women or gays or, you know, I use a term like gays. That's a hateful <laughs> word. Now your SPLC has just come over here. The gays. <laughs> you know, all of the things. And so it was just this weird situation where it's like, just because I came up with a name that I thought was kind of, you know, Marilyn clever. Nancy. I thought it was kind of clever. And I thought with adding the nonprofits in there, they'd be like, oh, that's a whole I remember silly when you thing. added wow. that. And I'm like, well, what the fuck did you add that? <laughs> that's uh, to throw them off my trail. I'm an evil cunt. <laughs> well, that's just operating on the assumption that 
your average person is going to look at something for longer than a second and true. give it some thought to it. True. It's true, perhaps, of our audience, but, yes. <laughs> our audience but tends not, to be the not smarties. everybody. You know? some smarties. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, be careful of, of putting too much faith in something that just has a history of having an acronym or, you know, letters. Yeah, that if, you, if you hear an AT&T. acronym and you don't know what it stands for, automatically don't trust them. If you look it up and you find out what it stands for and you don't know what it means, still continue to not trust them. <laughs> yes, yes. And if you don't like me, because I don't, I don't think the SPLC is, is as great as they think they are, as great as the media would tell us, they just seem like a way for a certain political bend to kind of shut people down as far as talking about anything outside of a particular ideology. That's what it seems like to me. And I might be an idiot, but well, they came at me nicely, but it was also with the threat of, I can ruin your life and you have no recourse. And it's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> So, and who the fuck am I? I'm, a, I'm not a bad person. How did you get this fucking number? <laughs> Please don't call here. Okay? Well, all I can tell you, dear listeners, <laughs> is that studies conducted over many years by the JARP <laughs> indicate that you shouldn't trust random acronyms to give you the truth. <laughs> J-A-R-P is J- just a ride podcast, yeah, I, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's important that you know that the, uh, the president of the J-A-R, but yeah, fuck. <laughs> so now let's do some things that we learned, and since Jeff and I don't learn, uh, we are, no. we're not interested well, in that shit. Shaden says yeah, well, basically Shaden is our teacher. Uh, Shaden has more animal-related shit. <laughs> that's, he's, either inter- he's either studying uh, space or the ocean, because yeah, Shaden doesn't want to live here on this fucking <laughs> bitted rock with the rest of us. I just want to know what's coming, I'm gonna or swim what's out there, man. He wants to swim or fly. He's fucking tired of this fucking standing around shit. <laughs> All right, let's learn. So I learned about mantis shrimp. I didn't even you know did, that was a e- thing. E- okay, no. Now, how did you... <laughs> Where did Why? you stumble? This was a porn <laughs> search that went awry, wasn't it? You were on Pornhub, and then all of a sudden... He's like, she's small, but she looks like a mantis. <laughs> he started, a shrimp mantis. I he started off that's a thing. He started off with Alexis Texas, and it ended up with Jacques Cousteau. How? So, how, internet? So... <laughs> I it, it for once wasn't porn related, which is shocking. I know, but I actually stumbled across this because I was looking into uh, the way that that people perceive color. Because I saw this post of like, this is how a colorblind person right. sees this street versus how a, a person that perceives color. I don't know. Normally, I could fap to that. Uh, yeah, I, I fapped real hard to it. <laughs> 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 with my right hand just to spice things up <laughs> yeah, you know? it shit um, who are you but anyway so that that kind of led to uh, there's animals like so people can see uh, colors that are comprised of of three um, primary colors yeah red green blue mm-hmm. right and that everything every color that we perceive is comprised of of those primary colors right do they add white and black in that for everything and nothing um, I get, I, yeah. I, I just guess curious so. if they I didn't. guess so. I mean, it's all about how how we're able to perceive. Photoshop w- does light waves, right? Is yeah. is how that happens in science and shit. But um, so the mantis shrimp, there are animals that can see more colors than that. So there apparently are more colors than that, which is wild. Which I guess we know because we have machines. We have machines that can detect them, but we can't see them. So how do we know for sure? Didn't they come out with a TV that had an added color in there or something? I don't know. And it was uh, Zulu. uh, Zulu, is that the... 
Well, they uh, came Star from, Trek. He was oh, selling Sulu. It. He was oh Sulu. Yeah, yeah. He was pushing it. George really? Takai. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was like years ago, and I, I think it flopped. I don't think it did any good. <laughs> Funny. Imagine like, why would they add an extra, extra color if we can't see it? There. I know. You can't perceive it, but it's there. Yeah, it'll make you. Trust you'll, us. you'll feel it. Ten thousand dollars extra. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So people didn't buy into the marketing. That's good. I always thought that was odd. <laughs> I want to spend ten grand for an invisible color. I guess. <laughs> you have to wear these special glasses <laughs> that allow you to perceive the extra color. I did have it? a 3D television that I bought. Did yeah, you? and I didn't you know, have a player or the glasses for it. I liked 3D it was nice TVs. TV, it was a fun fad. I watched some cool 3D movies in people's living rooms. And I, I thought it was cool. But, that would be cool. But uh, that I can't. think it was. I think it was ahead of its time, or not like it wasn't the complete picture. Because like we want hollow decks, right? That's yeah. Inev- inevitably, we want to be in the movie. <laughs> you got to invest in the first baby steps. Those were baby steps <laughs> to the hollow decks, and then we gave up. Now we're not getting hollow decks. Well, I don't know, VR. And Jeff, by VR, the way, Holodeck VR's is the thing where you go in and it's a virtual reality thing that on the Star Trek <laughs> world. Unlike everybody, you can't see my face. But what <laughs> the fuck? Jeff is saying? like, Holodeck? I like, yeah. holodeck I like how your face. It's, it's, you, it's good that Zach is in this three-way because I'm just like, fuck you if you don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> this reference is over your head for a reason and fuck you. <laughs> it's not so, over your head. It's under your feet. It's, yeah, I tried uh, to use the Star shit, Trek you know? reference for you guys and... We didn't even notice. How did we not notice? He said Zulu, man. I caught it. I caught it too. You you. just said Zulu first. You fucked it up. It's not my fault. (laughs) Fucking name. I saw it. So then he he mocks the thing he tried to use. Come on. Exactly. Come on now, (laughs) man. Principles behind that. (laughs) All right. Back to the mantis shrimp. Mantis shrimp. Teach us. What the fuck are we learning? So that's how I stumbled upon it because there are animals that can perceive more uh, color bands and the mantis shrimp can perceive the most out of any animal that we know of. So ours, our, our, we're, we're coming in at three, three bands of color. Okay. Uh, the mantis shrimp, shrimp can see 16 bands of color, including UV light. It it can just naturally see ultraviolet light, which we have to have special equipment to be able to perceive. Um, which is pretty rad, but that's not the coolest thing about the mantis shrimp. I didn't think it would be. The mantis shrimp is fucking One Punch Man in real life. Like it's, and if you don't Saitama. know, if you don't know what One Punch Man is, Saitama. it's an anime that's exactly Saitama. what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, go watch both seasons. Great, great <laughs> first shit. season especially. Yes, but uh, oh god! So this thing, this mantis shrimp, it can punch underwater, right? And it punches hard enough to like crack clam shells. Which is like, okay, whatever. But like you try to crack a clamshell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And this thing's a shrimp. So it punches, it clocks in at 50 miles per hour. In the water. In the water, wow. which is pretty much the same as a 22 caliber bullet. Fuck yeah. And, don't go that fast, and like That's fishermen fun. have caught these things and gotten their fingers broken from handling them because they punched them and broke their bones kind of Whoa. shit. Like if, in theory, if it punched you in the right place, it would kill you. Damn. Like if it punched you in the right spot on the temple or wow. some shit, yeah. you'd die. Or if it kicked you in the dick, yeah. you'd want to die. If it punched you in the dick, no more dick. <laughs> I, <laughs> you you just get, at least an extra hole. Yeah, you how just b- got a mangled sausage. <laughs> so how big are these cunts? Um, they're like banana. I'm, I'm making hand size thing right now, but yeah. I mean they range That's in size. size obviously, salad plate. like there's there's big ones and small ones, but yeah, the bigger ones are like maybe a bit bigger than a softball. Where, where what do I these cunts live? 
in the ocean. I don't know. Okay, well, I want to stay away from wherever that is. <laughs> Spokane <laughs> Mountains. <laughs> and the Spokane Ocean. Um, they're carnivorous, though. They eat meat. Like that's They, they so literally, they literally punch, punch open clamshells and eat the clams inside yeah. as part of their diet, which is awesome. But here's a really yeah. cool fucking fact about their punch. This this was... Saitama. This was the thing that I was like, oh, that's so metal. Living a life with 16 colors, going around, punching clam all day. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that sounds like an You know right what life. you want to be reincarnated <laughs> as. Fucking rainbow <laughs> mantis. Let's go. So, do you guys know what cavitation is? Huh? I didn't either. Uh, wait, let me guess, because it sounds like hollowing out something to put your eggs in it. Okay. Absolutely not. But okay. that was a great guess. <laughs> it does have to do with hollowing out of a thing. Okay. <laughs> so, cavitation is what happens when you create space in water very quickly and then water has to crash back in right. at an equivalent rate to fill that space back up okay. right so what happens when these fucking mantis shrimp punch underwater they create a bubble at such velocity that it generates heat and light that is the equivalence of the sun like a tiny little sun but it's the same amount of heat what? that the sun is so when they punch they punch so hard it creates light wow and the, as the bubble is collapsing back in on itself. Fucking, that's a superhero shrimp. Seriously, dude. It's that's a fucking, superpower. It's a fucking, like, Superman. Just, yeah! Woof! <laughs> that's Isn't that wild? I just so, want to throw this out there. I watched One Punch Man last night. Just, did you? <laughs> I was watching it last night. Good. I don't know. what. What is that? One Punch Man. Oh, I get to talk about One yeah, Punch Man? if you do a bazillion push-ups every day. <laughs> I do 100 push-ups. <laughs> it's just, it's an anime from Japan. Uh, it is. I don't really like anime that much, but I love this show. It's kind of taken the piss out of superheroes and anime in a way, in a sense. Not really, but mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's just got a great sense of humor, and it's about a character. Basically, he's bored with being a superhero, even though he always wanted to be is a this superhero. Like Adult Swim, or no? It could be on Adult Swim, but it's no. I think it comes from Japan. It's a Netflix like TV original. show oh, or something. Oh, okay. No, maybe not Netflix. Because it's on Hulu. It's on Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. I like the show. It's probably on Hulu. Hulu's but basically this anyway. guy, no matter what happens, and it's uh, one punch man punches something and it destroys them in one punch. And it's these big giant monsters and stuff. And the hilarity ensues with that premise because and he's, he's just and he's just so vanilla too. Like it's not like they don't make him a badass. Like right. he's just like this little gangly, bland, bald. Sometimes he like, looks badass. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> fair, but but it's as but a guy like, that's going bald. I'm like, I like side outside of when he's one punching things. He's right. just kind of like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's, he's like he's like Charlie Brown grew up and got real skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's got friends that are fun too. Charlie where Brown as a suboxone boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, we've, we've sent you a lot of nerdy things today. Uh, Venus Project, uh, fucking shrimp, fucking mantis shrimp, mantis one, shrimp, one dude. punch man. Go look, go look up pictures of the mantis shrimp too. It's it's up there with shark eggs. Man. Is it? They're wild looking. Like, they're cool. So this they're thing, wild looking in a badass kind of way. Like if you just see this thing strutting towards you, imagine you're the same size as this thing or smaller, and it's just strutting towards you in the ocean, looking the way that it does. I'm gonna pull up a picture. You guys can fucking see it while I'm talking about this. But it's just strutting up, looking at you, like, and then nope. and then it punches you. Into the sun that it created. <laughs> Imagine that guy at the bar. Watch out for Willie Bob. He'll create a sun and suck your. He'll fucking punch you right into it. <laughs> That's what happened at the bar last week. Got sucked into a black Here, boys, hole. This is a mantis shrimp. Punched him into another cool. solar system. <laughs> Isn't that how wild is that? That's this little fucking sea superhero. That is awesome. Oh, I want to see. I want to see a slow mo of the punch. Yeah, I, too, yeah. yeah. 
Fucking go find it. We'll have to do that after oh. this. <laughs> You're gonna make me work for it. Yeah, we're not gonna make. I'm not gonna make everybody sit through it. He like literally had it up here. on his goddamn screen, still showing it to me. All he had to do was push play, and he's like, "Yeah, go find oh, it." Oh, that go wasn't fuck. a fucking video, bro. It was just a picture. <laughs> Things I learned. Uh, we'll never know. Now you took it off your screen. Shade doesn't yeah. want you to learn any that much more than what he just gave you. You have to learn on your own. Shade's a good teacher. <laughs> Homework. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Homework. All right. Well, that is the end of the show. We have our navigator for you guys sending stuff in. Uh, just a ride pod at gmail.com. Just a ride pod. Just a ride pod. Uh, and that's our navigator. That's if you guys have any issues you guys want us to talk about and then that we send to our group of folk that are listening. So together we will tackle a problem that maybe you don't have Whatever somebody to ask. Yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't have to be a problem. It might just be Got a things problem. coming up. That's a problem. It's about problems. Hey, how would you deal with this? Yeah. Hey, what about this? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback on that too. Uh, if you guys have any like shit that you would like to hear us talk about, like if you want to toss us some fucking topics, yeah. even if they're not part of your life, fucking do it. Like I think it'd be fun to like do a deep dive episode where we just fucking dive in on one thing, yeah. and really zero yeah. in on it, or fucking you know like whatever. Give us some, put your comments in the box. Yes, in, in whatever box is in front of <laughs> and you. And also send us your woes or queries or life situations, and we'll, we'll make a glorious mess of trying to make them better, but probably making them worse. Well, we're going to do our mark. best. We'll do our best. We'll not really to try make messy. sincerely. We'll try I, sincerely. I'm pretty sure that. Do we have that ability? Most of them messy. I have probably fucked up or have had a similar situation <laughs> that I can at least draw from. <laughs> right. Yeah. I fucked up a lot too, Jeff. Yes. I feel like, yeah. Let us let our fuck ups be uh, somewhat of a help to you. You don't have possible. enough time in the world to make all the mistakes. Let us make some of them for you, please. <laughs> I fucked up once, one time. Well, we've already talked about it. It's been addressed. There's no more. <laughs> I shit yeah. in the bed. Okay, I, just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. It wasn't my fault. Well, based Although, on who it was, I would have done it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I would have shit on was the, it the a pillow she was sitting on. In hindsight, yeah, maybe really, not. you fucked up by hiding, not, not continuing, not, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> having having respect for her. Through. My fuck up was not having yeah. follow through. <laughs> Get some learn learn some commitment. Jesus. Well, this is the part where we end the show. Okay, should we do that? And I usually say things about po- websites and patreons and merch we have all of that and info at scatcast but just a ride podcast all those things but yeah other than that this was fun thank you guys for coming to the scatcast studios and hanging out with us thank you guys for hanging out with me my friends it's good to see you can't believe we've done this 18 straight weeks that's fucking cool we figured it out somehow yes i'm sick of y'all get the so, fuck out well i'm i'm <laughs> headed to the mountains so. yeah i know you are yeah yeah see you next week that means uh, 18 weeks. We're just coming to the end of uh, puberty, and mm-hmm. now we're ready to uh, really start fucking shit flower. up. Kicking <laughs> ass. Fucking shit up. Ruining our reputations <laughs> yeah. forever. We're going to get into our college party phase <laughs> immediately. <laughs> this, these things will go on the permanent record from now on. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate riding the ride with you. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll, It'll seem, seem like, like the present. present. Bye. 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 It's just a ride. Whoa, oh, it's just a ride. Bing. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to burn it all down. <laughs>